Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're covering Season 4, Episode 3, titled Isolation, also known as the one where Carol kills everyone, <laughs> apparently. Or no, she killed everyone last episode. My bad. Uh, she admits to killing everyone this time. We'll, we'll talk about that way at the end. Uh, do we have anything we want to talk about up front before we get into the discussion of the episode? A couple things. Over the weekend, uh, we sent out our Kickstarter surveys, and what those do is it gets information, uh, depending on your backer level, that we need to fulfill your rewards, like T-shirts and, and the other things, the thank you videos, uh, the phone calls and stuff. So if you check your email, look for something from Kickstarter about a survey from Bald Move. If you don't get it, uh, send an email in to watchingdead at baldmove.com and let us know, and we will figure out what the problem is or resend it or something. So um, anyway, yeah, we can get started on that as soon as we get all the surveys or a sizable percentage of surveys in. Other thing is, last reminder, Walker Stalker Con's happening in Atlanta, Georgia, downtown this weekend. It's going to be cool. All the hosts of the largest walk- Walking Dead podcast are going to be there. Tons of stars, Norman Reedus. Andrew Lincoln and company Beth is going to put on a concert Saturday night. It's going to be crazy. We uh, are going to have a panel, I think at 10 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, We're doing a couple appearances. Uh, We'll be hanging out at the con most of the weekend. Uh, There's going to be an official podcasters meetup on Friday. Um, Unfortunately, our hosts, uh, we haven't, they haven't been able to decide uh, on a place. I think they're going to just announce that on Facebook slash Twitter. Uh, but we're having a bald move meetup on Saturday at 6 p.m. at Meehan's. That's M-E-E-H-A-N. It's a little Irish pub. It's a block away from the Walker Stalker Convention. It should be easy for everyone to get to. Stop by. Uh, say hello. Uh, we'll be there drinking uh, until about 8 or so. Because prob- I kind of think I want to at least see what the Beth concert is going to be like. Sure. Yeah. I hope she sings some age inappropriate songs like she does on the show. All right. <laughs> so, uh, we'll be checking that out, uh, but please come by, say hi. Even if you're not at the con, we don't give a shit. Just come by and say hello, especially on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all we got. We're ready to di- dive into this cast. Okay. Let's do it. So let's dive in head first. What did you think about this episode? Um, I think that I would give this another solid eight. This is a string of solid episodes. This is what I kind of wanted to see from the show going forward. Um, I, I um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not a ten. Obviously, it's not the best episode of all time, but it's a very consistent stretch of relative quality. There's still some problems, mm-hmm. still some things we'll talk about. But still some good character development, still some exciting action. And some subtle things, like some things I want to note in the uh, that that I've never seen them do before, at least since the first season, um, with some still insane zombie action. Mm-hmm. And probably more to come from the looks of that horde, or that the herd of walkers, my God. Yeah. So that's, that's the moment in the episode where I really sat up and was like, wow. Yeah. That's a lot. of piss pot full of Walker. How many think you're in that crowd? Uh, well, I know that Greg Nicotero has okay, had a low end estimate. Yeah. Low end estimate at like 7,500 high end at 10,000. So that's a lot. 7,500 is, is a lot of walkers. Well more than enough to push down a flimsy wrought iron fence or whatever they've got. Chain link. Chain link fence. Yeah. Chain link fence. Did you, did you have a chance? Did you look at my survival guide for last week? I haven't had a chance. Of course. No. Of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, I, I had a couple, I thought good ideas of how they could have reinforced that in off season. I think it'd be awesome. And by the way, that's uh, fruits of the Kickstarter every Friday at lunchtime, uh, Eastern standard time. I, I publish one of these survival guides, which are kind of humorous, uh, tongue in cheek looks at the week and how the survivors, what they did and how they could have done better. Um, check that out. It's on the front page, baldmove.com. All right. Why don't we get into the recap? What did you think of it? Did you give it a number? I didn't give it a number. I don't really like numbers. Okay. But I'll give it a seven Jim, and a half. You heard it first. Jim Jones says, <laughs> fuck your numbers. Yeah, fuck your numbers. Especially on a 10 scale because it's He's, like, what's the difference between It would have been an eight, an eight but he hates seven, numbers really. so much he docked it at half a point. Yeah. <laughs> if, this, if we weren't judging on a number scale. All right. If it were stars, it would have been Fair an enough. eight stars. So basically a solid B you'd give it. <laughs> well, yeah. I will give it letters. Sure. Four out of five stars. It's a B. It is a B. What what other geometric shape can I can I, I give it empty with? Four and a half uh ovals, I think. Okay. Would be, would be roughly equivalent. Anyway, so we start off with Glenn, Maggie, and some of the other survivors there digging graves for people who are dying of the illness, and there seem to be a lot of them now. There's yes. like about eight uh headstones out there, crosses. Some of those are still the because like they're that uh-huh. the, the eyeglasses are for Patrick, surely, right? Yeah, and then there's a gun <laughs> hanging off of one, which seems like a waste <laughs> to me. But. Yeah, um shades of uh uh man who was it? Yeah, D'Angelo Barksdale when he uh died in the wires, minor for uh, spoiler alert. Remember the flower arrangements that the gangsters got him? They like they did this flower arrangement no. in the shape of like the projects. They had AK forty sevens crossed, <laughs> and they're going. I guess there's a florist in Baltimore that specializes in gangsta funerals. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like thinking when I saw that, it's the first thing I thought of. It's like that's a that's got to be Bob Angelo's work. <laughs> Probably pour out a little malt liquor, throw, <laughs> throw a gun on the guys. Uh, or Tyrese, either one. You never know. They could have. Oh, what, it's got to be a black guy doing. No, it now? it's got to be a guy from The Wire. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so there's this kind of worried look between Maggie and Glenn here where it seems like they're just worried about how many graves they're digging, right? It just, that's gotta be glum work. I bet it is. Yeah. I mean, Glenn says later, I just keep digging these graves and you're putting so many of them in the ground and you don't got that many to begin with. I mean, there's the emotional level of, you presume these people are somewhat close and then there's the practical level of my God. Uh, we're losing a lot of hands we need to protect this place and keep it going. Yeah, that's a theme that kind of runs through this episode is how shorthanded they are with all these people getting sick right. and dying, you know? Right. Um, I mean... They need volunteers to go on this mission, and only uh, Bob and Tyrese... Tyrese doesn't even want to go, but then luckily he goes with them. Uh, otherwise, they'd be down to three people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's let's move on. I don't know. I, I had a question about how they cut that grass... Like I don't, I don't know if they have a lawnmower that we've seen. I just they just have a goat. They just have a goat. So that's a one goat, <laughs> one goat's worth of work. I think. All right, fair enough. Uh, so the doc is inspecting. Uh, excuse me, Doctor S is expe- inspecting one of the six people. Um, he decides he's not going to make it, and he pulls out his knife and waits to kill him mm-hmm. while Herschel walks out of the room. Uh, just a really short scene there. Did you Once notice he him. was armless, like that they had tried a field amputation. He must have been bit, and they tried a field no. amputation on him. He was completely armless, both arms. Well, he had. I noticed he had one stump. So okay. he had not only that, but he had the, uh, probably super flu on top of it. This place is just yeah brought down low with everything. Yeah, it's disturbing where they're at right now. Uh, then we go to Tyrese, who shows Rick, Daryl, and Carol what happened to David and Karen. 
Uh, he tells Rick to find who did it and bring them to him so that he can deal with them and then he get some justice. And they try to calm him down, but he freaks out and he punches Rick. He almost punches Daryl, which would have been a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it was a big enough mistake to punch Rick because Rick fights back and then beats his ass. Uh, it's yeah. interesting how they played it because my first impression after instant cast was that it was kind of like a crime of passion. Like Rick uh-huh. just got his blood up and started wailing on him. But the way they staged it, Rick had kind of a quiet moment where he's thinking about this is some bullshit. And then he went back at Tyrese and just savagely beat him. It, <laughs> oh, really? Did, yeah. I didn't it's see like that. He said, and he kind of waited, just kind of rubbing his jaw. I don't know. Um, it felt well, like... the shot after it feels kind of like he regretted what he did. And he's like, oh, God, I feel the old Rick coming back, you know? Right. I got a little crazy there. I don't think that when you're trying to calm a man down, invoking his dead girlfriend that he thinks is murdered. <laughs> this is not memory. what Karen would have wanted. Yeah, that's not going to happen. That's not going to I, – I wouldn't calm me down. No, no. A lot of people had a problem with Rick beating his ass here, but maybe Daryl was holding him back, Tyrese's arms. Maybe the Rick's is the type of the guy that tells his girlfriend to settle down whenever she raises what – maybe that's what Lori's problem was. Maybe. She was driven crazy by this guy's psychological <laughs> manipulation and failure to handle – people in emotional states that could totally be true i mean he hasn't been stellar at it so far (laughs) oh man he beat the shit out of tyrese though yeah but daryl was holding him so it's like what yeah because when when he took a swing at rick and hit him uh daryl grabbed him from behind right holding his arms what i'm saying is once he got him on the ground rick was i mean didn't daryl have to pull him off he pulled Rick off there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that was a pretty savage beating. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Do so you then buy we... that? Yeah, totally. Okay, I guess you're right. I mean, the people are saying, like, Rick is tiny. Rick's not tiny. He's as tall. He's taller He's got than the Tyrese. wiry old man strength. He's taller than Tyrese? He is taller serious? than Tyrese, yes. Because Tyrese has got a good <laughs> 50, 40, 60 50 pounds, pounds yeah. of mostly muscle on, yeah. on the guy. Yeah, but Rick but is taller for sure. You got a good point of uh, Daryl holding him back to get that sh- first cheap shot in. So, yeah, I mean, I can deliver a punch that would knock somebody down. I think. Can you? If someone was holding them and just like that's straight, you just squared up, full on shots to the face. The I think I Michael could. Michael Corleone yeah. punch. Yeah. All right. I think Fair so. <laughs> the Michael Corleone. That's for the next punch. Kickstarter, people. Yeah. Have Jim hit me as hard <laughs> as he can right in the face. We've tested that. It would be bad. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Herschel patches up Rick's hand, and he asks him if he's okay, and he's not talking about his hand, obviously. He's talking about his head. Um, and he tells Rick that he's he's been off the wagon before, so he knows what he's going through. Not to be too hard on himself. You Apparently, know? Rick is a, like, rageaholic. I think so, yeah. Uh, or a lunacy-aholic. <laughs> like, an insane-aholic. He's um, insane-ophile. <clears throat> there's, there's a weird thing that rick says he's uh, which i i guess i understand um but so herschel says everything we've been trying to hard to keep out just found its way in and then rick replies no it's always there uh do you think that reflects like rick's battle against what like his inner turmoil with his insanity and laurie and all that stuff i mean is that what rick is trying so hard to to keep out to forget i think so like you know, he sees what happened to the governor, mm-hmm. um, and he, you know, he's he's got the uh, David Banner uh, or Bruce Banner revelation of uh, I'm always angry. That's my secret. 
so I think, yeah, it's something that he he clearly is worried about. That's been a theme this season, that he doesn't want to lose control or put him in situations where he could lose control. Yeah. Yeah, and he, uh, there are a lot of those situations coming up, I think. <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, so Tyrese is out there digging graves for David and Karen. Um, Bob comes out, and he asks him to let the doctors take a look at his eye. Cause his eye is swollen. Swole. It's prison swole, oh. no less. I got to say, it's, it makes him look way more badass and intimidating, though, it's right? prison swole out of control, and yes, it does. <laughs> when he looks at him with that half guy, yeah. Yeah. When they're in the ground. <laughs> yes, it was definitely intimidating. Um, if I was Bob, I'd have grabbed my shovel, too, and shut the fuck up. Yeah, so Tyrese refuses until they're in the ground, and Bob grabs the shovel to help out. Which is cool of him, you know. By the way, people wondering on our live cast what this substance we're drinking, it's it's not Kool-Aid. Uh, Jim made up a special batch of Halloween uh, candy corn infused vodka. Yeah. Which is actually a way better idea than you'd think just off a uh, first blush. So we're going to get uh, shit-faced off of uh, ca- homemade candy corn vodka tonight. Oh, yeah. We're playing along at home. I mean, this is the last podcast before Halloween, I figured. Yeah. Why Gotta not? go all out. Sure. Uh, then we go to Glenn, who uh, is asking Herschel how the illness works. Kind of the walk and talk scene here. Mm-hmm. And he's sick of dig- digging graves, is what he says. And I was, apparently Glenn's also just struggling with the diffuse nature of this threat. You know, it's uh-huh. for for many time, for, for as, as, as long as we've been following this group, if they've had a problem, they can kill it or run over it or smash it. Yeah. This doesn't work that way. Yeah, they don't have the tools that he would like to have, the antibiotics, the medicines and such that he would like to have to fight it, you know? Um, so right as he's done saying he's tired of digging graves, here comes Sasha stumbling out of the prison, clearly sick. <laughs> she's got her foot half in the zombie grave already. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's she's uh, practicing her gait. As if things weren't bad enough for Tyrese at this point. Uh, now Sasha is sick. And she's on her way to go see Dr. S. Do we do we know what Dr. S's real name is? I don't think so. Okay. It's I'm probably gonna... some crazy, uh, long uh, Indian name, I'm assuming. like Could be. Shandreshka or something. All right. <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, so in the sick ward, Sasha seems... Uh, she sees some pretty horrible shit. She's walking through, and there are zombies... Uh, reaching through the bars, trying to grab her. People coughing up the dying people in. That's yeah. nice touch. Because apparently, <laughs> Doctor S himself is is overwhelmed at this point and kind of swooning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We find out Doctor S is sick. Um, not good, not good at all. So the council, finding out about all this, decides uh, to have a meeting to figure out what they should do about the increasing severity of the illness, and they decide, hey, there is a College, a veterinary college, which of course Herschel would know about the veterinary college. You'd expect him to, right? Uh, like fifty miles away, so they're going to quarantine the the young and the old people, and they are going to make a run for meds. Um, yeah, and and, and, and and in this scene, we see that Glenn is obviously sick, and a lot of people are calling bullshit on um, that. You know that what do you need antibiotics for flu symptoms? Um, um, so if it's just flu, that's true, but but Herschel kind of lampshaded there, said it's not the sickness that gets you, it's the symptoms. Yeah. So if you develop a respiratory infection as a result of having this flu, that can still kill you, or you develop pneumonia, 
it's a bacterial infection. Plus, you know, some of our worst plagues were bacterial in nature. Yeah. Um, so I think this or, definitely follows in the couldn't hurt philosophy of, you know, pump them full of elderberries, Theraflu, <laughs> sure. and, you know, what's the, what's the emergency? What? <laughs> Uh, zinc. Uh, what's what's that badass Cipro? Yeah, it's the, the, I've never heard of that. It's the big uh, mega antibi- antibiotic that was going around about the time that everybody's scared of uh, smallpox. So anyway, wow, yeah, it's like okay. the biggest, the biggest uh, one of the newer antibiotics I got. So yeah, just just throw everything at it because apparently the death rate of this thing is something like ninety seven percent. Yeah, apparently from what we can tell, like, we haven't every, seen anybody recover yet, right? No, they're all just like which is. Really unusual. Yeah. Like even Ebola doesn't kill you that effectively. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. What is that? Like sixty percent or something? I it's, don't know. It's, it's it's depending on the strain, it can be pretty high, but it's it's nowhere near ninety percent fatal. Yeah. So I would think that a good I you know, in a really serious flu pandemic, I think the survival odds are something like four out of five. I'm trying to think of when uh Shit, I looked this up for nineteen. The last one we had in nineteen eighteen, and I can't remember. But uh, this is apparently really lethal. It's like combination black plague and Ebola and hemorrhagic fever and every bad thing you can fucking get, and a hangover. Yeah, <laughs> and herpes. <laughs> uh, so we move to Carol and Rick. You think their face, their eye sockets look bad? You should see those zombies' dicks. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's a horror show. Keep it classy. <laughs> Keeping it classy. All right. Uh Carol and Rick are out pumping water when the pumps clog up. Oh, real quick. Yeah. Daryl said something because um Herschel was trying to tell them like where to find the college and stuff, and he cut him off as like, look, uh, eventually we end up running. What did yeah. he mean by that? Like, don't give us directions, we'll just No no no. Herschel wanted to go with them. And he said, eventually oh, we end up running and with his leg. Your bionic, your, <laughs> yeah. your magic legs ain't going to cut it. Exactly. Okay. Got it. God, so, I feel stupid now. <laughs> uh, it was subtle. Uh, it was just right after he mentioned it. So Carol and Rick are pumping water and the pumps clog up. And Carol wants to go out to fix it, but Rick tells her they should wait till tomorrow. Um, here is the first mention of water this episode. And there are a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned in the instant cast that I thought... That was kind of suspicious that they're not only did they show like Patrick um, dying in the shower and the shower like slowing and stopping, but they've also got the water shortage this time and Carol wasting a whole bunch of water, which we'll get to. Is this Coffee Theory 3.0? There's got to be something with that water, man. It just doesn't, it doesn't add up that the only problem with that water starting in episode one would be that the pumps clog. Yeah, but I mean, if you say it's it's where the disease is coming from, what the hell's been happening for the last six months? Well, it has to start sometime, right? I guess. I was thinking if like there was some kind of contamination, it would have happened before. I think the, mm. the the thing is is that you need water to live, especially when you're sick. That's what the doctors tell you to do: drink plenty of clear fluids, right? And sure. you've got a grand total of three healthy people in the prison so far that can actually carry water at this point. Yeah. So hmm. I think it's more of, um, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of lean towards they were just emphasizing how poor the hygiene and how easy it would be for a disease to spread in the way they were living uh-huh. more than the water is, like, dangerous. Um, and also that, you know, they need water and they don't have enough of it and it's dangerous going out to get it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so and also how much labor it takes to make this prison go because fetching. Can you imagine how long it would take to fill those fucking barrels with those little buckets they had? A long time, yeah, a long time. I I don't know why they don't keep a barrel down by the pump. I seem to remember in one episode where they had some kind of like big tanker that they were moving water around with. Oh Ooh. no no no, that was in that was back in season one. Shane was driving around. Something that had, you know, he was carrying water with that. So yeah. I was thinking that maybe if they're at full capacity, they would have something like that. Because, yeah, even like a yeah, wheelbarrow. Probably. If you can fashion up something, you could carry a, yeah. a lot of buckets in a wheelbarrow, for example. Sure. But yeah. doing it like, you know, old school pioneer style is is a loser. <laughs> they need a stick to balance the two yeah. buckets on and or put over their shoulders. Brigade. They need a brigade. Yeah, just line them all up and there you go. I don't think they have enough people for that, though. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so just as Tyrese finishes burying Karen and David, um, Rick comes up to apologize and this was kind of tense because of how their last encounter went and Tyrese, uh, fortunately accepts his apology and tells Rick that he wants him to find out who killed them. And Tyrese doesn't think that Rick is motivated enough. And on his way back, Tyrese sees a bunch of sick people roaming around outside what are these sick people doing out there, man? They're on their way to the quarantine is what I thought. Are they? Okay. Right. And also, Tyrese basically turns into Batman now. He is going <laughs> to be so. the protector of the prison. He's going to monitor. Sure. He's like yeah. he's a combination of Batman on the investigation and Jimmy Carter ensuring foreign elections go off without a hitch. I think that's his, his role. By the way, okay. I just figured out the Bucket Brigade. Oh no! You get a line of zombies, okay, uh-huh. and you line them up weak, like child zombies, to to stronger, like Tyrese class zombies towards the end. And you get buckets, and you tie like a living rabbit to the handle. Yep. yep. And then you fill it full of water, and you give the first little child uh, the the bucket, and he'll try to bite it. But then the stronger zombie to his right will snatch the bucket from his hands, which will start a chain reaction of ever stronger zombies mm-hmm. snatching the bucket till it gets to the top, and then. You have a living person like Tyrese, for example, that could snatch that bucket. And there you go. You can just have an infinite stream of, of buckets being delivered. I don't Labor know. free. I don't know that zombies would be so careful about spillage. Well, I mean, but even if you even if you only get an eight-ounce glass out of that bucket, you didn't haul that eight ounces. Okay, so better to waste the water than to not be able to get it like to... It back to the ground. It, what, just do it over the crops, right? Send the there line over the There you go. It's an irrigation system. That's even Perfect. better, man. And Perfect. get them walking in a circle. You've got basically a modern irrigation system. All right. It's got legs. And teeth, so watch that'll out. Be, that'll, be my, that'll be my sketch on this week's edition of Survival <laughs> Guide, the Zombie Bucket Brigade. Yep, sounds good. Uh, so, yeah, here's where I really noticed Tyrese's mean mug when he's uh, looking at these sick people. God, that eye. That eye is horrific. Uh, so then the we eye go- of justice. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, Rick sends Carl off to the kids' quarantine with uh, kind of a sad goodbye here. And Carl's packing his gun, and Rick tells him not to fire unless you absolutely need to. Mm-hmm. How much longer do you think Rick can uh, pacify him with that, uh, you got to keep him safe routine? Oh, like, yeah, he's right. Been, he's been dude, selling him that load of goods since season one. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, when you got a little brother, and you're playing video games, and they don't understand the fact that just because they're holding the controller doesn't mean they're playing. <laughs> <laughs> or or that Knuckles is not the character you want to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like eventually they catch on and see how badly you're screwing them, and then you can never do that again. I think that yeah. that Rick is approaching out with Carl. 
I think so. I mean, he has told him, yeah, you need to stay behind because these people need protection. Yeah, who's going to look after Tons your mom? Tons of times. Who's going to look after Beth? And I, how old is Carl supposed to be now? I don't know. Like I Two years older than he was when it started, yeah, right? I, I want to say so he's like, like 13, 12. Yeah. 12. Just, just hitting puberty. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I could still buy him as that, I guess. Anyway. But Carl says, I think that was a good exchange. Rick's like, you go only fire if you need to. And Carl's like... But you know I might need to. <laughs> yeah. So don't be surprised when I fire this thing. And also I think that was kind of – I like that because you and I think he got a raw deal in this uh, he killed some kid in Woodbury deal. That kid, yeah. That kid needed to be killed. I agree. I agree. Carl would have been irresponsible not to. Yeah. So I think that was his way of like, look, I get that you think I'm a gun nut, but there are times in this world where you got to put a bullet in something. Yep. Old Absolutely. Man. No, I'm with you, man. That That sounds about right. Uh, so Maggie goes into her and Glenn's room and finds Glenn hunched over the sink, just sick as a dog. And uh, things are not looking good for Glenn. I like how he says, don't come, you know, don't come near me after he's been puking, pissing, sweating, and shitting right where she's virus. Sleep. Yes, yeah. all over their mattress. And it's like, come on, you're going to have to set, you're going to have to burn this entire Cell. Yeah, she's got to get out of there. She can't stay there anymore. There's, yeah, there's a combination of bleach and fire must be applied to their room. <laughs> if they burn. are burning down the place where the pig <laughs> slept, yeah, they need to burn down where Glenn slept. And, and Glenn puked. looked rough, man. Yeah, he was really sweating rough. all over the place. And ugh. Mm. bad news. Uh, so Daryl's out checking the fluids on the charger. Is this a charger? I think so. Dodge charger. Okay. Uh, he tells Michonne that he's glad she's still around and that they could use another person, uh, but no one seems to be available. Mm-hmm. Another, uh, he hasn't uh, let go of the little ass kicker. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that. I wonder if other people are still calling her that, if it's just Daryl. I don't know. I think Daryl's got enough cult of personality that if he's doing it, others are doing it as well. Yeah, you know Patrick was, right. for sure. I also like how he kind of levels with her, you know? Like, he says... Uh, yeah, I'm glad you're, you know, you're not running off. And she's like, what do you mean running off? And he's agreeable about it, but obviously the point kind of sticks with her and they're able to yeah. kind of professionally discuss it and bring it up later. So, yeah. Was it this scene or was it the scene where they're in the car when he tells her that the trail has gone cold on the governor? It's later. And I, it is. Okay. And I think I'll just go ahead and say it now. I feel like that they've closed the door on her governor investigation unless there is something new that comes up. Yeah. I hope so, anyway. I mean, she still seems like... It just signals to me three episodes in that we're not going to probably see the governor if at the soonest we'd see him return is at the mid-season finale. I don't even think then. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, So then Daryl goes to get the other person, who is Tyrese. He tracks him down, standing guard at the sick ward. And he tells Tyrese that standing guard won't do any good unless they can get the meds and that they'll be at the front gate in case he changes his mind. Yep. He is still not convinced looking at all those sick people in there. Um, and then Herschel's in one of the offices uh, kind of just looking at a a mug that says Java saves. I actually think this might be the first recorded instance in history that a person's actually motivated by a motivational poster. Yeah, smooth seas do not make good <laughs> sailors. It's, it's like uh, the first time it's ever had the intended effect. <laughs> And then, yes, he did. And then the Java saves mug. He did flirt briefly with the idea of converting to Javaism, but uh, decided <laughs> well, the, he'd rather go tend his hemp farm. Yeah, yeah. So the Java saves mug is obviously what gives him the idea to go make some tea. 
uh, out of those elderberries. I so he must have just found these like as he was roaming around outside the fence, right? He didn't plant looked, these, they right? They looked planted, right? They did look planted. Yeah. And I thought the way he described it where it seemed kind of like dumb luck that he knew where to find them or whatever, I actually thought it'd be cooler if he was he had some kind of southern country, you know, doctor and he's planting some kind of crazy mints and elderberry and I don't know what yeah. else. I don't know, boiling willow bark to make aspirin. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not smart in that way. Just growing fungus for penicillin and yeah, all this yeah. stuff. That'd be cool. Getting Having everybody eat moldy bread. But, uh, <laughs> I actually thought it was cool, but it, it did. It's kind of unclear to me. They, the things look clearly planted, but on the other hand, yeah. he, the way they played it off is almost like he just kind of went out looking for them, knew that they could find them. Yeah, and if yeah. he had had them planted out there, mm-hmm. uh, he would have immediately thought of it. He wouldn't have seen a mug and a motivational poster that then had a eureka moment. He would have just been out there getting them. True. Uh, and then the other thing is, that, well, if he's planting them out there, why wouldn't he plant them inside the <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah, he yeah. probably just... He's just walking around, and yeah, you know they did a poor job staging the the forest. <laughs> yeah, because obviously they probably had to plant them, right? Uh, anyway, on his way out, uh, Herschel runs into Carl, who decides, you know, I'm not going to let you go out there by yourself, and he's adamant about it. And Herschel tries to say, yeah, whatever, go tell your dad. I don't care. I'll be out there by the time you do. <laughs> it would be hilarious if Carl actually pulled his gun on him. <laughs> you understand, old man. I'm going with you. Yeah, so he he doesn't want Herschel going alone, right? I mean, he's trying to protect people still, like uh, his dad said. Yeah, I guess that's true. I think broadly, I don't know what other reason he would be broadly. He doesn't. He resents being left behind. Mm. You know, as a healthy person to be stuck with the kids, and he sees this as an opportunity to get the hell out. Yeah, what's your opinion of the the quarantine here with healthy people being put in with the sick people? What do you mean to put in sick people? This is a I mean, separate facility. So there are now four quarantines. No, so there's the three A block. quarantines. A the block sick is people, where you go to die. The young people and the old people. <laughs> a block, the execution chamber, uh-huh. is where you go to die. Uh-huh. The administration building is where they're putting the old and the young that uh-huh. are not sick yet. Okay, and so he's not the other cell blocks where. Gotcha. I guess is the people that are not old and young and not sick. Well, unless you're Glenn, and then. <laughs> Well, he just is built like a 14-year-old boy. He's oh, okay. chronologically a, mat- a mature man. Gotcha. Yeah, I can see where you could be confused, <laughs> but... Uh, so Carol's uh, Carol's stuffing sick people into that ward, left no and right. No mercy. No mercy at all. Not Even sh- when Lizzie comes up, who is... Wouldn't give her to tuck in. She's... Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, Glenn will help you. Don't worry, he's not too sick. And besides, you'll be nice and toasty and warm as soon as you get a crippling fever. So <laughs> you'll be, be snug as a bug in a 105-degree rug. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so she's got a hard time here like right. sending people to the sick ward when she knows they're probably not coming out. And especially, I mean, it was even rough for me to watch this when she sends Lizzie in there. It's like, Question. oh, God. Did you think any more of my theory about... Lizzie faking the cough to get in to get in uh, to, to kill more people. There are a lot of people who agree with you, man. Yeah, I was looking around the internet. Holy crap! I, I actually have a a theory that I kind of kind of unified this together. Oh no, not the unified Carol Lizzie theory. Yeah, yeah. Shit. All right, we'll or talk about that at the end, right? When when we get to Rick's 
a CSI bloody hand print. Georgia yep. routine. Okay. I know what you're going to say. Okay. I know. <laughs> it's almost anyway. like you read the same Reddit threads I do. Almost. <laughs> uh, Maggie talks with Beth through the door because she is not quarantined, but Beth is, uh, along with little baby ass kicker. And she, Beth tells her that she just needs to focus up on her job, uh, the job that she has to do. That's what her dad said. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Maggie is having obviously a hard time dealing with Glenn being, of course, quarantined and being sick. Even. Yep. Um, do you think that best pep talk here was what she wanted to hear or needed to hear? Uh, I don't know. It feels to me like. In this scene, Beth is trying very hard to believe what she's saying. I actually think in this scene, she is being a little bit um, big for her britches, lecturing her on, you can't, just because your boyfriend's sick, you know, my boyfriend got his brains eaten by (laughs) zombies, and I, like, didn't give a fuck. Uh I hear you're out moping, blah, blah, blah. I think it was kind of that, and then she gets her comeuppance later when she's, you know, when their father goes in as well, and... I think that's where she's trying to talk herself into it or pick a brave face. Yes. That's that's the first kind of crack to her um, dissociative demeanor that I've seen this season. Absolutely. That's that is what was notable about these two scenes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just the way that even Beth, who pretends to be so desensitized to everything, is feeling it now. Right. Um, Then we go out to Herschel harvesting his weed while he talks with Carl about how – Stepping back has helped him mature, I guess, is kind of the roundabout way of putting that. Yeah. And Herschel remarks about how safe they are outside the walls, just as Carl spots a couple of walkers. And Herschel decides that they don't have to kill them, and they walk back to the prison. And Carl says... First shot here, before we get into what Carl says, first shot here, it's just straight up Carl's nose, he's wearing the hat. Oh yeah, the, this is the first instance of him with the hat on again. He's not. He that's not a farming hat. No, it is not. That is a gun toting hat. That is a that you <laughs> must tote a gun wearing a hat like that. It's Georgia yeah. law. Look it up. Absolutely. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yep. Then uh, they set it up beautifully last week. Um, what did you think of the uh, Walker? The rot. The really rotted Walker. Like that's the one with the moss growing on that's it. That's the most rotted we've seen since Bicycle Girl. Arguably worse. How, what yeah. does it take to finally fucking kill a Walker? Because like this thing was managing to gasp, even though it's I could see into its chest cavity, it had no lungs. Man, when yeah. does when does a Walker? In your professional opinion, <laughs> when does a Walker rot into nothingness into this in, in this world? So I want to say it's either when the brain is destroyed, obviously, or when it runs out of gas. If it has no more of this person to to feed on, I guess. But it's clearly not depending on them eating, because everyone's like, you know, puts a premium on feeding zombies. Or but they, but I think it is. Oh, really? I think it is. They somehow. rot faster if they don't eat. I think so. Huh. But I don't know that for a fact. We've never been told that in the show. Mm. So I think we're left to just. We don't ever see that walker's legs, right? It's like trapped under a bush or a well, branch or something. Yeah, I thought that that's what happened, that either as a walker or as a person that was camping, you know, you've ever heard of a Widowmaker branch? Yeah, one just uh, falls off a tree. One just falls off a tree and smashes you. It it's, yeah. keeps me up at night when I'm camping on the trees. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, freak I, think, accident. I think that's what happened, pinned them there, and then it died, and it couldn't move around. Yeah, so. and the coolest part was that there was moss actually growing yeah, on the yeah. zombie. That is awesome. There's a pretty funny man. joke on Reddit. Uh, someone did a screen cap and said that 
So I guess uh, PETA didn't survive the Hunger Games. <laughs> you know, the guy that was the cake decorator that made himself look like the pond of the the, the bank of the river. Have you seen the Hunger oh, Games? Oh, no. Yeah, I saw the Hunger Games. I don't remember Okay, who well, there's some people is. that are, like, really cracking up now, and others are like, what the fuck? Wait, PETA bro? is, like, the little kid, the sidekick, no, right? No, PETA is his, the, her lover thing. <laughs> lover thing? Because they're not really... At... All right, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so, let's yeah. move on. This is painful. All right, sounds good. Um, so there's a walker. Oh, wait. So... Yeah, let's talk about the walkers here. Um, the other walker whose leg is caught in one of the traps. I guess that Rick planted, right? I don't I – mean, I guess. I, I could be. Um, but Carl says you don't need to all the time. You don't need to what? Yeah, when when he's he said uh, – uh, Herschel said something like, well, you don't – hey, look, you don't need to do that. And as he's walking away and holstering his gun, he says you don't, ha- you don't need to all the time. Like hmm. he's basically saying that I took it as no, – I don't need to kill this walker, but – it's a walker why not you know and also the practical side of me is like hey that's a sweet animal trap you can sure with some high with some steel and metal that is capable of salvage i hell yeah i'd kill that walker and take that trap yeah i wouldn't waste a bullet on the one that's that's the thing yeah the other thing is i wouldn't leave it there i take a branch and smash his head in (laughs) yeah like i don't get i don't i i I the idea of not killing walkers when they're very easy prey at that point and will later come back to haunt you, probably. Or is like the fact that killing walkers would make you psychotic? No, that seems a very rational reaction to me. I would think so too. I mean, they're yeah. So I, I don't. I think they're going a little too far in keeping him a child, I guess. Hmm. And I think that was him trying to chafe against that. It's like, look, you don't. I'm not going to be a psycho just because I'm taking care of a threat and scavenging valuable resources. Yeah, but, what do you think I am, my dad? <laughs> but I also thought it's nice that that Carl has completely reformed from the jailbreaking asshole of season one and two. Yeah. Uh, now his dad asked him, "Look, don't do it unless you have to." And all it took is a, a simple reminder from Herschel. Yeah. I think that's what it wasn't. What Herschel said it was what Rick said early in that reminding oh, yeah. him of his promise. Absolutely. So again loving um and they don't come out and say it it's not dwelt but it's the stuff that's all that you put together and i love that they're they're capable of that level of storytelling this this season yeah no that's great uh we go over to tyrese talking with sasha through a window a lot of a lot of talking through <laughs> She's windows literally in the execution chamber <laughs> yeah did you see the, i saw the straps the on the yeah the thing back there oh brutal uh and he's trying to give her hope that the medicine is on the way and that the group's going to come back with it and that's what changed his mind right the fact that you know she's basically ready to give up and then he's like she, he's like well there's meds coming there's meds coming oh my god i'm gonna hang on another day yeah um and apparently it takes at least a day to go 50 miles in a car in the walking <laughs> dead universe but, yeah because you can't drive 100 miles an hour or 25 miles an hour <laughs> yeah <laughs> two yeah, hours like, to get there it's still right not a whole day yeah i do or goes Whatever. Through. We don't question the timeline of this show That's anymore true. because That's it's true. ridiculous. Also, something uh, my girlfriend mentioned. She's like, so does it take like all day to get ready for a road trip in The Walking Dead? Pretty much. I mean, he he did a like a hundred and twelve point inspection there of the car. <laughs> All I saw him do is put oil in the fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, or about a quart low. They're about a quart low. Uh, th- that's a good idea, though, right? He should no, be maintaining yeah, that car seriously. as well as he possibly can. It's like every time, and it's something I got from my dad. But every time I take a long trip, I do the same thing. I check, make sure everything's working right, and it just you yeah. know, gives you some peace of mind. 
and burns off some of that pre-trip jitters. Well, it's a really good idea <laughs> to do that when you're in the zombie apocalypse. So sure. I ain't got to hate on that. All right. Uh, so then uh, Tyrese decides in that scene that he's going to go on the run with the group. And then Bob also shows up for uh, the run with some gas for the car. And Daryl demonstrates why they need him along. He pulls up the paper. He says, what's that word? Because Daryl has no idea, but Bob knows exactly what it is. Yeah, that was funny. Which, yeah, good stuff. And then Tyree shows up. Zamafir. So. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Do you, did you look that up? Do you have any idea? No. Okay. I, just, I just spelled it out phonetically. <laughs> i pronounce it later. <laughs> All right. So then we go back to Carol, who is obsessed with water this episode. She's drawing on the last of their water. It's basically gone here. I have a really and strong take from a listener on the carrying carrying the group's water metaphor uh, okay. that I quite liked. We'll get to in the feedback section. All right. Uh, the water's gone. Tyrese comes up and asks her to look in on Sasha. And then Carol says that she's worried about what happened to Karen and dumps the last of the prison's water all right. over the ground. The last of what they have close, anyway. You know, so I, one thing I thought was really subtle throughout this episode is when people are talking to each other, their hands are resting on weapons that I've never noticed before. Yeah. Like, they're showing, like, when Rick came to apologize to... Rick always does it, to be fair. He does, uh, apparently, but even, like, in here, Carol had that badass, like, brass knuckles knife that she was, like, you know, put her hand on when Tyrese came up to her. Huh. When Herschel's talking to Maggie, he was resting his hand on his gun. It just seemed like... There is a lot of conflict and people in situations that are not fully trusting each other within this group. And they were using that kind of like body language. Like yeah. all of a sudden they're like cops approaching a, a a car they pulled over in the dark, you know, that has wanted plates or something. Uh-huh. I, did you think that that's intentional or is that was just the, the actors using the props? I think in this scene it might be intentional because if we – if you believe that Carol – killed karen and david she might be thinking that tyrese is coming up because he knows that mm. and mm. to have her hand on her knife there would make sense okay you know plus it's just even subconsciously she's on guard yeah this yeah and and there's some evidence here to support the idea that you know carol is actually the killer here because there's she... some evidence a full confession no, no, no. I'm not talking about the, the last okay, scene. I'm yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. Right, right here. Oh, yeah. Um, because when she dumps over that water, she's clearly upset by finding out that Tasha is sick and that Tyrese has asked her to help. I mean, it's it's but like just rubbing it in. Us all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it, was, it was definitely killing her. And, and it's evidenced by just thrashing at the end did of that you, scene. Did you call that she had killed... Uh, that the she killed that? No. The, the, oh, uh-huh. I, at this scene, I actually made the call. Oh, wow. Okay, no, it was only second viewing that I caught that. Unlike the bullshit on the, the Badger Skinny Pete theory I had that I kept silent about, I actually did that on Facebook Live, so. Oh, Boom. okay. Nice. Timestamp that shit. Um, Kind of talked about why Carol is, like, teaching people stuff on the Instant Cast, so I won't do that. Um. I still think there's something in the water with her wasting it, but we'll we'll see in future episodes. Um, and so we go over to Maggie, who spots Herschel outside of the quarantine, and she is pissed that Herschel's out there. But just in time, Rick shows up. Uh, he gets a motivational speech from Herschel about why he has to help these people, which was a phenomenal speech. I mean, this scene Herschel, was great. Man, he gives a speech like a politician. Yeah, I felt like he was kind of winded the whole time and i don't know if that's just because he's an old dude or i liked it it gave him that it, kind of that breathy quality like he's giving yeah. his all 
Absolutely. Yeah. Everything he's got is going into this speech. He's a one-legged man at his disease ass-kicking contest. He ain't going to stop. <laughs> yeah, it lent a lot of passion, I guess, to what he was saying, you know? And he's right. Like, yeah. in this world, like, in the world we live in, you can be as risk-averse as you like. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this world, every day is a risk. Yeah. Just just by just by breathing. And, and the only choice you've got is what you're going to risk and invest in. And that's and really hammered home at the end of this when Carol tells Rick that we may not have it tomorrow. You know, right, right. So that, 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 that theme runs throughout. And Rick and Maggie just had nothing to say because what can you say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, it was say, a nice touch that Maggie goes over there, steps in front of him. Herschel thinks she's trying going to try to stop him, and she opens the door for him. Yeah, thought that was cool. Yeah, and I love her low slung gunfighter belt. It looks good <laughs> on her. Yeah, that's... she just needs to get that military jacket back. Man. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, Beth and Maggie are talking through the door once again, and Beth doesn't seem so sure about those jobs they all have to do anymore. Yeah, her lips quivering awful damn hard. Yep, holding the little baby ass kicker still. Mm-hmm. Uh, while investigating the crime scene, Rick spots a bloody handprint on the door. This is... Awful low on the door frame for an adult, won't you think, Jim? Yes, yes it is. I mean, we saw Rick had to crouch down, so... It's obviously someone coming out of the door because of the way he crouches down and has to twist his sure. arm. Okay. So it's someone coming out, and it is well below the doorknob or the handle. That is not a handprint from Carol, right? All right. So here's what I think happened, and some of this is some some of the stuff is my original theory, and some of it's stuff I am incorporating from Reddit. But my okay. grand unification theory, mm-hmm. I think we'll find out that one of the little girls did kill these people. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you're saying, Aaron, hey, how are these how are these little girls going to drag growing people out? Yes, Carol went to go check up on them and found them, uh-huh. and then decided to help them cover it up. Uh huh. And like, well, in for a penny, in for a pound. So and when Rick asks, she immediately says, "Yes." Yeah, yeah. And because I just I. There's a couple of things going for this theory. Number one, it preserves the fact that these, you know, if, if if it's the girls feeding the rats, the walkers, that they're unhinged and they would do something like this. It also brings Carol into it. And I also think the way she was, it was very much regret, something like regretting being found out in her performance than regret over something you did. And, like, that she's concerned and upset. And then when Rick says, and she's like, you know, um, she's matter-of-factly like, yep, I did it. I just, I don't know. I mean, I could be crazy. I fully respect you if you think I'm crazy. But I think there might be something to that theory. So I think there is evidence there to support that theory. Okay. Um, It's just a lot of assumptions as well, right? Yes. Like, they didn't explain any of that if that's the case. Uh, So they're going to have to do that in... Yes. The next episode, probably. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, no, I don't think you're crazy. I think it could because totally be it. The, the handprint just doesn't line up with Carol. And and Rick wouldn't have put that together. You know, it, it was more Rick put put those pieces together when he was asking Carol about what she would do for the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just don't think that handprint factors into it. So So there's another equation here. Yeah. Which you might be right about. Yeah, and like I said, I know there's some holes in the theory. It just, uh, I don't know. I, I like the crazy little girls theory, and I like the fact that they are the ones responsible for the rats, and that this was an overreaction that 
you know, they were too lax about zombies and now they're too overboard. But on the other hand, I kind of would believe that Carol would try something this desperate too. And she already got a little bit of practice at keeping something from the council and acting under her own. And maybe I'm overthinking this. And that's all that this scene is showing that she's just further. She got a little taste of. <laughs> no, of, I think you're right. So, all right, I'm buying into this even more and I'm going to give some more supporting evidence that, okay. I, that I'm thinking of on the fly here. When she grabs that knife last episode, when Carol hands it to her at the fence, she really grabs it tight. Like she's ready to use it. Mm-hmm. Right. There is a trail of blood from the cell to the, to the back door. Right. Where the bodies were burned. So, you know, that they were killed first. Right. That kid could potentially have used that knife to kill them. I, th- I think, I think that lines up. And, and I'm, I'm aboard gave, with it. I like she it. Gave, she took that knife after she just got scolded from Carol saying that she was weak. Yeah. She took it, and then almost ex- immediately we come to the corpse discovery. So she's trying to prove herself not weak. Right. And like I said last week, I didn't buy that Carol did it because she'd have to be looking after these girls. Yeah, you said the so, timeline didn't line up this makes there. everything fit if she was accomplice to that act. Or yeah. maybe she had the girls do it with her. Maybe it's, 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 she's actually, <laughs> oh, geez. you know, it's like, this is something we got to do girls. And I, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like that there's more to the story. Cause the other thing is if Carol did it of her own free will, how in the hell, what is What the hell is Rick going to do? Yeah. Because do you think that Tyrese will just be like, well, yeah, you do care about it. No, us, right? he's going to want blood. The only way he wants that, a that bolt he through wouldn't her head is if it was a little, like a crazy little girl. Yeah, it, Sure. Yeah, he. I don't think Tyrese actually, has no. what it takes to kill this little girl. Oh, God, and and no. by what it takes, I mean being a lunatic. Yeah, right. No, I don't think – yeah, I mean <laughs> – I think he's a pretty well-adjusted person, which is why yeah, he wouldn't yeah. kill this girl. And I think that that's, that's going to be – it's also an interesting moral dilemma, although it's also a fascinating moral dilemma about what to do with Carol. Yeah, sure. Um, Where one one half of the group has been through so much with her, yeah. and the other half is not. Yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting too. But I, I think you're onto something. Yeah, but that's that, that's still if it's, it's Carol acting alone, that is something you can't let stand. Sure, you can't let someone be judge, jury, and executioner because she literally is. She's on the council right. <laughs> at this point. Yeah. So, hmm. rogue council member. That'd be interesting. I mean, Rick, even as crazy as never did shit like that. Yeah. If if anything, he is his uh, crime was analysis by paralysis. Yeah, sure. Paralysis by analysis. <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, Rick spots Carol outside the gates, and she's uh, lighting people on fire. No, sorry. She's unclogging <laughs> the pump on her own. Uh-huh. Um, the walkers also spot her, start to move in, and Rick runs over to help her, and they both narrowly escape. Oh, my God. This scene really annoyed me. Yeah. A lot of <sighs> it was The moving distractors was pretty cool. Otherwise... It seems like she could be a lot more discreet and purposeful about what the fuck she was doing. That, and when she sees the zombies closing in on both sides of that bridge, she could have taken off a lot earlier. Yeah. It's not imperative at that very moment to fix that pump. Yeah. Right. But, I I mean, on the other thing, I I don't think that, I think that's beside the point. I think this is a little Death Wish quality. Like, this was some way to make it up to the group that she... You know, obviously gambled wrong, and that's that's the other thing is that huh. her reaction earlier in the episode when you when you she found out that other people were sick now, mm-hmm. that definitely in retro on the second and third time I watched it, I'm like, yeah, she's guilty as she's feeling guilty as shit about this because sure. it's one thing if she kills those people and no one else gets sick, 
it's another thing if everyone dies anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you rob Tyrese of being able to say goodbye and all those other stuff things. So. Sure. There's also a nice little touch here. We always complain about the headshots. Uh-huh. Uh, everybody always makes a headshot. Well, Rick actually misses a headshot he this did. time because he's firing with his other hand yeah. due to having his other hand smashed up and on Tyrese's that's face. That's still a hell of a shot running it is, with your yeah. offhand and you hit him dead center of mass. <laughs> it's a, a great shot. Hell of a shot. shot. Hell of a shot there, Rick. Yeah. Uh, Carol loses her sweet... What is that thing called? Like a kukri? Kukuri? I don't know what you call those knives. I think that's what that's called. Yeah, it just lodges it in that zombie's head. Shoo. Um, all right. Unlike the majority of uh, walkers who have heads like soft melons, this one actually had some, <laughs> yeah, some uh, give to it, some take. And the opposite of give had take. That's yeah, a, that's a skull. It's a t- taken skull. So on the way to the college, Daryl tells Michonne that the only reason he's not out there with her is that Governor's Trail went cold. Um, they hear a voice on the radio, mm-hmm. but they run into a massive horde of walkers before they can uh, kind of make heads or tails of it. And they abandon ship, but they leave Tyrese for dead after he com- hesitates. Compare the way they staged this with how they've staged every other oh, yeah. kind of horse shit. I mean, this is believable. They actually, well, come on. Who do we have editing this season? Kelly Dixon from Breaking true. Bad. That's I mean, true. she's not going to let that shit fly. No, I mean, I, I think a lot of that was obviously CGI, but they actually gave thought of to, like, you know, this is a straight stretch of road. Fucking Daryl would have stopped and turned around, <laughs> but this was a, a coming over a hill, mm-hmm. and he kind of hit the very edges of the um, of the horde, and was yeah. still trying to do the weave kind of through and stop, and and it just kind of felt believable. And, and he didn't. I don't think he they tear they delayed over much before he tried to shift it in reverse, but then he got mm-hmm. hung up on the corpses, and that was cool. Yep, that was even cooler. Giving him a what do you call that a Z job, <laughs> yeah. like a yard job on a bunch of zombie faces. <laughs> sure. And then they side the bail. A so, lot of the bailing was good. A, a lot of people are having a problem with Daryl not watching the road in the first place. But there was a fucking voice on the radio. Yeah. This is can, the first civilization they've heard from in years. Yes. And now he's just going to, yeah, whatever. Listen to that, Michelle. Tell me what it says. Yeah. No. No, he's going to be all over it. That's where his attention is. Especially when you're used to driving in the apocalypse. With nothing around. With nothing around. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the one thing you can say is he didn't hit his, he didn't hit a walker and flip into a ditch. <laughs> Jesus. Like fucking one Lori Grimes we can mention. Yeah. But no, I thought everything about this was staged pretty right. I did too. I, Especially I love with, this scene. as you point out, the transmission hitting it, that's a justifiable distraction. Yeah. I think so. So. Uh, and then you top it off with a massive horde of walkers like that, and I am sold. I'm yeah. in. And then depending on how close they are to the prison, that looks like something that would drive you away from a secured fortress. Uh, yeah, and that's, for sure. That's not all that secure. So you got to think, if they're walking back, depending on how far away they are, I mean, the zombies are just going to follow them, right? Mm, I think that they, if they if they run far enough, fast enough... Uh, might get out of They, out they of range. might shake the, 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 the herd. Because the core herd didn't even see him. They they hadn't crested that hill yet. I mean, to do 50 miles as even a, an in-shape person, that takes two days. You're not going to run 50 miles. I mean, even if you're a marathon runner, you're probably not going to run 50 miles in a day. No, probably not. And and I think I you can see the school that, that in the do, background but... of, of... Oh, the, you think? The, oh, I shit. think that's what the school 
that's what that building is in the, in the back of the if horde. If that's the veterinarian center, there's no way they're getting antibiotics out of that place. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Wow. Um, so I don't know. I hope that I hope that elderberry tea is good, Herschel. Yeah. Because that's all you got. I don't know. We'll see you next episode what happens, I'm sure. Uh, there's So I've got to award Zombie Kill of the Week here, right? Are you awarding it to the Dodge Charger? I, I am awarded. Well, Daryl, because, you know, he's at the wheel. So I'm because, going to award it to Daryl. Uh, okay. Uh, and also because Daryl has what is, by all rights, the second coolest kill. When he jumps out of the sunroof, he slides down the windshield, throws a knife into a zombie's head, and in the same motion pulls it back out and runs away. Um, that was fucking that cool. That was pretty legless of him. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of like uh, Michonne's running... A uh, full cranial lobe- lobectomy that she gave to zombie. Okay, yeah. I mean that. I never ceases to amaze me how they can make half of a person's head just disappear <laughs> yeah. and make it look so cool. It, it was definitely cool, but yeah, definitely the Z job that gets it All easily. Right. Uh, Daryl wins everything this week, I think. <laughs> so, what do you think you would like to uh, make of this radio signal? Uh, insufficient information. I made out the words um, without going because actually the internet had a couple other things. But the, on first yeah. on first uh, watching, I made out uh, the words "survive" and "alive." Yeah. So the internet is saying that they start out with the sanctuary, uh-huh. and then it says um, something to survive and then keep alive. I thought it was those. I, I couldn't quite make out what they said, even with the help of the internet. But. Those who arrive, uh, those who yeah. arrive alive, survive, or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. So this is—it's possible that this is kind of a radio broadcast to attract people, um, survivors who need sanctuary. It could, or or it could be a trap. It could be a trap. <laughs> so, like if you played the if you played The Last of Us uh, over the summer, you thinking that the. I mean, man, that's the thing about the apocalypse that I that, that there would be totally people that prey on other classes of people, and using that yeah. as a beacon to lure them in, so you can get all their stuff, and they're going to have their guard down and be so excited, and you can just yeah, that's some evil shit. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, that and that's the thing is like people. I, I had someone email me and was like, "Do you think The Walking Dead will ever get boring?" I'm like, man, I I can see this show running ten. 12 seasons and not run out of gas. Yeah. Because you can, you think that you've seen the worst humans can get. No, hell no. No, I, I imagine there's a lot more out there that they could do. Yeah. Um, so like I, I said, I mean, I've read all the comics and I played, I've, I've, I've watched a lot of zombie movies and I've played the last of us and a lot of zombie video games. And there's a lot of stuff that, that they can still mine. And, um, a lot of story and emotion that, that are left on the table. Honestly, I think that yeah. they kind of left a lot on the table the second and third season. So hmm. it's almost like they, they just got a lot left to do. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I'm so after having watched lost and kind of seeing how they did their radio transmission stuff, uh, I wish we had been able to hear a little bit more, although I don't know that it would have the same effect as lost because we kind of know, roughly what this transmission could be based on the comics right i mean a lot of people are talking about it and i'm not going to go into that at all um i don't agree but there's no th- i don't wh- think it okay you can, you- so i know that they change things up a little bit in the show right sure um but that said we've also kind of had major set pieces that have been the same mm-hmm. so I, I don't know 
I mean, it feels like some of the mystery is taken out of it if they would have uh, kind yeah, of made that's, it clearer. That's where I, I don't know it's worth talking about because that's the one thing the show has always handled shitty is any kind of mystery. Yeah. It's always not as cool as you think it's going to be. So, and how do you think they're handling this sickness as far as the mystery of it? I don't think it's a mystery. I think it's like what's causing it, but I don't think it's an unknowable thing. I don't, you know, they, I, I think it's act. It's, it's handled very, very accurately. Okay. I mean, it's, it feels very medieval the way they're trying to quarantine people and they're trying to initially, they try to bury all the dead, but eventually they're going to like, I don't think they got it big enough. Area, but I I, just, yeah. I read this this book um, called uh, "Vampires, Death, and Burial," and it's basically it's a discussion of how the vampire mythos was born out of very real events that happened. I mean, obviously people don't walk, but it's it's basically primitive cultures misunderstanding the process of death, and you know some of these these medieval villages going through the black black plague, you can see evidence where they you know at first they're burying their people. And the people are trying to take care. And then eventually there's this mass graves where people are so terrified. It's like the niceties of burial. And then people just fucking flee. Like yeah. leave their family and just get the fuck away. And if this prison was larger, it'd be interesting to see that psychology where everyone's trying to give respect to the dead. But then <laughs> it's like, you know, then you've got this mass graves. And when your doctors start getting sick and people just wig out and yeah. abandon their families. And it's it's... You know, in the face of something like that, it's interesting what, you know, because we, civilization is a pretty thin veneer, man. Mm -hmm. As soon as the nice parts of civilization go, it's, it's every man for themselves and we turn into the animals that we are. Yeah. I mean, if the internet goes down, I turn into an animal. Fuck yeah, right? (laughs) If our website goes down, Our website's down three hours, that's ready to kill a person. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's 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 right on. Yeah, but I, I do hope they explore those themes at some point. Maybe they're hinting at them now, and we'll get a big enough group later to kind of explore that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so they go back into uh, – or, sorry, they, they run into the woods after that massive horde, and they stop long enough for dun-dun-dun Tyrese to catch up after swinging his way through a crowd of With walkers. The claw end of a hammer. That was yeah, awesome. that was badass. Uh, believable? Um – that he doesn't get a single bite or scratch. I don't know. And we don't actually know whether or not he got a bite or a scratch. They, they play that pretty quick. True. Um, so I'm going to say believable that he at least gets out of that crowd. Mm. I think he's a big enough dude that he could push his way out if he needed to. Mm. And he did seem like he was you know, keeping a good arm's length and making his rotations. And yeah. he also had his back to the car. That helped. So yeah. there, you know, he had like a 180-degree arc where he didn't have to necessarily worry about it right away. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I will say that beating an unlimited number of zombies to death would probably be a pretty great stress reliever. Oh, sure, yeah. And I think that's what this is for him, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, he is just... He's angry about everything that's going on right now. Right. He just lashes out on the zombies. Do you think it'd be good or bad for society if we had, like, a holodeck situation? Or if you had a bad day, let's say you, like, you fucking really hated your boss that day. You could call up an accurate replica of him. Mm-hmm. And then and just bash beat his him to thing. death with your bare hands. I think that would be good, Do you honestly. think that that actually would reduce violent crime or increase it? I think it would reduce it because you get that out of your system. Hmm. I'm not sure, honestly. I mean, you can live out those fantasies without actually living out those fantasies. It seems like yeah, that would be good. But I, I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. Right. 
Um, Herschel administers a near-lethal dose of elderberry tea <laughs> to Dr. S, who promptly coughs blood right in his face. Oh, God. This is the stupidest uh, thing. This idiot survivor of the week goes to Dr. S. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you're it does. a doctor, <laughs> and first of all, you're coughing right into Herschel's face the whole time, uh-huh. and that wasn't bad enough. You have to spit blood at him. Yeah. And Herschel's reaction was just <laughs> it's like, okay, then. <laughs> Wipe my face. Uh, mask comes off. Guess I'm gonna settle in. I mean, here, give me, give me some of that tea back, Doc. Yeah, um, yeah that he was should some have bullshit. just taken the rag off, wiped his face down, and then made the doctor eat it. Yeah, for being a dumbass. Uh, I do like his reaction. What he actually says, though, he says, "If you weren't already in here, you'd be in here." Right. Uh, I I don't know if that was a joking threat or if that was like just a knowing statement about his no, it's his demeanor doc, it's the way yeah. doctors are his passion for what for his patients you know the thing is i don't know i mean the look on dr s's face i'm not sure i don't know i mean he there there <laughs> okay. was something a little uh cdc cut and run about the 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 look he was given maybe it's just that he's sick and he's depressed and all that but there was yeah that he's vomiting blood <laughs> that could be yeah that could change your expression yeah I think. that's a mood change that's, that's a downer <laughs> i definitely bring your buzz down so herschel takes the tea over to glenn and he tries to uh bolster his hope a little bit i guess he's uh glenn is just like he's worried about all the bodies he buried and how horrible this all looks and Herschel's just trying to keep everybody's hope up through yeah. this, you know? I mean, Jobs and survive, boy. Yeah, he's keeping them, trying to keep them from being too sick and trying to keep them mentally in the game. I did not give you the keys to my daughter's vagina. <laughs> just so you could up, up and die. Up and, die. <laughs> uh, and then we go out to Rick and Carol for the final scene of the episode where he tells her that it was stupid to go clear the hose by herself. And then he also asks her if she killed Karen and David. And she replies yes. And then walks away. Very casually. Mm-hmm. I sure did. Boom, I'm gone. Yep, no after discussion. Just gone. I got I got things to do. This is the thing, though. She didn't actually admit to burning the bodies. She admitted to killing them. Right? What? Are you he, trying... So your theory is that she killed them and someone else drug them out and burned them? No. So okay. if they were not killed before she drug them out there and and burned them... Like, they didn't turn into zombies. She killed them. Yes. The sickness did not kill them. She did. Or, or that's what and she's saying think here. think if, if there was that defense that she would have made it then. Yeah, she would say, well, they were they turned, and then I, I killed them and dragged them out there. But she doesn't say that. No. No, but there's enough wiggle room to come up with other theories for sure. Oh, totally. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, the, the idea that she's covering for a little girl makes a lot of sense. Anyway, that's it for the episode. Uh, do we have some stuff to talk about here? Uh, yeah, we have some promo. First of all, uh, don't forget this entire season is sponsored by Dr. DeVito. Yes, uh, it is. Our, the official dentist of, uh, baldmove.com. Uh, you know, we got a series of fun facts about, uh, Dr. DeVito. We talked about his, uh, unorthodox cologne slash anesthetic. I actually mm-hmm. did some more digging and oh, yeah, boy. I believe this, Jim. All right. It turns out that, uh. There's this time where the the president had a southern uh, press slash political junket he had to attend, and they're taking mm-hmm. off um, from Andrews Air Force Base, where Air Force One is staged. And for our purposes, if you're Republican, this story took place in 2003. If you're Democrat, uh, oh, what the hell? It took place in early 2012. But as soon as they reach cruising altitude, president's blindsided 
by excruciating radiating pain in his jaw. Mm. The Secret Service used their satellite link to access a database to find the uh, a man qualified to work on the president's choppers. It turns out the only dentist in a 500-mile radius that was presidential qualified, our own Dr. DeVito. Wow. So owing to an Eisenhower-era regulation that all the states, all interstate highways must have a straight mile for every five paved, they sure. were able to land Air Force One right on the Ocean Highway that's right by the good doctor's office. He's rushed there under an emergency protection of an escort provided by the Carolina State Highway Patrol. And now, while the details of the procedure remain classified, mm. and if you're sufficiently curious, you can file for a Freedom of Information Act about this procedure in 2033. Suffice to say that the integrity of the first teeth was secured. Good good on him. All due to the diligence of our own Dr. DeVito. Yeah, I would like to personally thank Dr. DeVito for his... His service uh, to the country. Yeah, his his allegiance, his service. That's that's uh, a brave thing you did, Dr. DeVito. So I think if he, could, if he could secure the safety of the free world's teeth, think what he could do for you. He'd love to care for your teeth. Reminds everyone to brush at least twice a day for two minutes each. And uh, use toothpaste provided by the American Dental Association and to floss daily. Uh, we love Dr. DeVito. If you're in the Carolina area, you should go get your choppers to, uh, looked at by him. Sounds good. Tune in next week for another exciting <laughs> tale in the chronicles of Dr. DeVito. Oh, you dug up more information. Oh, on I've got I've I've got at least five more <laughs> episodes worth of material. That's a, that's a coincidence, man. <laughs> we have five more episodes. Uh, we are part of the Bald Move Network. You can find all our content at baldmove.com, including our full coverage of The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, latest seasons of Mad Men, Justified, and Breaking Bad. Uh, don't forget our boys, the Personal Arrogance crew out of Seattle. Um, talked a lot about uh, beer. They talked about Gravity, the movie this week. Uh, check out the Picard show. They're returning this week. I think they had last week off. Up Yours Downstairs is back, and they're talking about Parade's End this week. It's... Uh, uh, you know, Bender Dick, Bender Dick, <laughs> Bender Dick Cumberbund uh-huh. is really hot right now, and uh, he did this little thing called Parades In, where he sounds like an int okay. uh, from uh, Tolkien with his voice. A tree. And uh, I, yeah. Anyway, it's a four-part miniseries. I was a big fan of it when it aired on, I think, HBO earlier this year. And I was thrilled huh. to see them covering that. So check it out. They cover all things Edwardian. Uh, we always appreciate ratings and reviews on iTunes. It's honestly the biggest thing you can do to help drive cra- traffic to our cast. Um, I know you might go to that thing and like, these guys have hundreds of reviews. What does it matter? Well, iTunes values recency and velocity. So the more, you know, they value stuff that happened last week more than last year. So, you know, a couple dozen reviews this week helps us get to the top of the what's hot and uh, the notable section, and that makes our traffic grow. It's like watering our podcast, and you can do it. Just sure. give us a couple stars. Just be a little better at it than Carol is. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure your iTunes pipe isn't clogged with mud. <laughs> well, that's pretty – I think iTunes, that's one of the things it installs, a mud pipe <laughs> into your computer. So uh, You can also use your Amazon affiliate link at amazon.baldmove.com. Uh, anything you buy on there gets us a little tiny cut of Jeff Bezos' profit, and we enjoy that. All right. Uh, how about some feedback? We have a bunch of it, don't we? We do. Lori G is recanting her uh, theory about Daryl being gay. She good, says, good, good. I got to think good. Yeah, I don't think it made any sense. All right. Well, she got to thinking that maybe I was off. I suddenly remembered his angel wings and the episode of Merle about the abuse he suffered from their father. And I now suspect he may, in fact, be a virgin. 
Others have suggested oh. he is asexual. That was my theory, which mm-hmm. also fits. So she goes, all these is totally fine with me, by the way. I'm a good progressive girl. It's just fun to speculate and piss off all my Daryl fangirls friends. So, <laughs> uh, Jill G said, wants to add her uh, two cents about Daryl being gay. I think Daryl was awkward when Beth gave him a hug because he's been abused as a child. He saw the scar. We saw the scars all over his back from being beaten by his father. We know that his only intimate and stable relationship was with his older brother, who is a fucking piece of work. <laughs> Hardly tender and loving, it would be difficult, really difficult, for someone who was raised in that situation to have any sort of trusting relationship. What seems normal for most people, giving a casual hug to a friend or even making eye contact while talking is something that's awkward for Daryl. I think he's connected with Carol because she reads him well and knows what he's coming for and can therefore come in at his level. That's why he feels more comfortable with her. Add-on theory... Carol also comes from an abusive background where she's maybe not comfortable. That's why they're hooking up. <laughs> well, it could just be that they're both someone safe to be that intimate with because they know there's no threat of anything happening. That's the theory I was going for. They're both kind of could asexual. Be. Could be. Um, I don't know. Plus, they Carol's haven't... a lesbian. We found that. I mean, <laughs> They haven't mentioned anything about Carol and Daryl's relationship since episode one, right? I guess. So I, there's more on that coming, I'm sure. There's got to be. Uh, we asked for uh, names for the operation that Rick conducted on the pigs uh-huh. last week. We talked about Operation Saving Bacon and all that kind of stuff. Patrick wins. He calls it the Flay of Pigs Invasion. <laughs> uh, that's the greatest. It's pretty good. In fact, yeah. we, ought, we ought to have a T-shirt to commemorate the Flay of Pigs. That's a good idea. The Flay of Pigs. I'm going to have to noodle on that uh, some after the cast. All right. Nick C. says, on Daryl comments, from what you're saying about thinking Daryl might die this season or the next because of his five-year commitment contract is wrong. I went to an event last year where Norman Reedus did a QA with clips from The Walking Dead, and he explained how much he loves being on the show and other stuff like that. When I, um, yeah, actors say a lot of things. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> okay. uh, one option, and I don't doubt he has a lot of fun doing the show. Uh, one option they could go, uh, we've heard, I don't think that we've actually talked about this, but AMC's doing, uh, as announced, a spinoff show. Yeah, I heard about set that. Set in the Walking Dead universe. Uh-huh. Uh, Nick has a pretty good idea here. He says, instead of AMC doing a Walking Dead show that's unrelated to their hit, Daryl could get his own spinoff with a cliffhanger in the finale of season five or six or so of, uh, of, of Walking for Daryl. I think it would be smarter for AMC to have characters that are already introduced some way to be in the spinoff show as character development has not been their strong suit. Already having fleshed out characters would give us this untitled Walking Dead show an advantage that the Walking Dead did not have. What do you think of that? Daryl anchoring uh, the Walking Daryl? I am just, I think, not a fan of spinoff shows at all whatsoever because I didn't think Better one. Call Saul was a good one. Yeah, if you're going to do one. This is like set. I guess Daryl is the prime candidate, right? This is like this universe is really kind of like Star Wars, where like you've got the main saga, but there's so many side nooks and crannies. You could set it in a different country, yeah. You yeah, could set totally. it in a different part of the country, yeah. And like what they've done with the webisodes, yeah. Sure. It's the setting that's uh, hopefully a little bit better, but it's well, a setting, be bigger it's budget the setting that's cool. And there's a yeah. lot of stories you could tell in this setting with fresh. Characters. How about this idea? How about they make the spinoff with Michonne looking for the governor, and the governor never comes back to this show? So it's kind of like... Or maybe they do come back, and they line up in the shows, in the two shows somehow. Mm. I 
I don't know. I, I think they know. can do it. The only thing is, I think they could be in danger of killing the Golden Goose because yeah. one of the reasons the show is such a big hit is it's kind of unique. It only comes around uh, twice a year, and it hits right on Halloween where everybody's in the mood for this stuff. Yeah. Would it be the same if they had a Walking Dead series that came on every quarter? I think that's what they're going for. I mean, obviously, they want to reproduce this, these numbers year-round. Um I don't know. I the, so the numbers in February don't drop off, do they? No. So why couldn't they do it year round? I mean, February is. I mean, it's in winter. People aren't. Why like, couldn't they do it two weeks out of the year? Why couldn't they do two Walking Deads a week? Why? That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's yeah. a point of saturation. The same thing with the NFL. Like I, for one, only watch Thursday night football games when my team's playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they would go do start doing a Wednesday Tuesday show, I'd be like, this is bullshit. I'm tired. Don't I mean the thing special about football is it's on, you know, four months out of year, uh, one day of the week. Yeah, you know, um, I'm sure they could oversaturate it. Yeah, yeah. and you know, God knows that AMC be willing to do that. <laughs> um, moving on to Cynthia B says you might have discussed this before. If you did, I missed it. Why aren't there overweight walkers? When large people die, do their bodies just disintegrate and not turn? The walkers in the field, at the fence, in the woods, they all look skinny. It's Georgia. I know they like them some barbecue down there. Shouldn't there be some fat walkers, Jim? As a resident zombie expert, where are the fat walkers? They all suffered the same fate as Otis. <laughs> they were all murdered by Shane. Uh, no, I. that's a very good question. That is a very good question. I don't think... Uh, I mean, like, Randy. Was that his name? The Lizzie's dad? Like, that guy, if he turns into a Ryan. walker, he's not going to waste away to a a 60-pound corpse. I think it's two things. Number one, the walkers seem kind of ungainly and tough to move anyway. Like, they're not as nimble and strong as they were in their life. So, like, if you mm-hmm. – like, a 500-pound walker, I don't think they could get up. Yeah, maybe not. And, like, there's, like, a sweet spot where, number one um, – I, yeah, I, mean, I just feel like there's a sweet spot where the weight ratio just doesn't work anymore. That might be true. Um, but we haven't seen any large walkers laying around either. Well, we saw the, the well walker was pretty hefty. I, I think he was bloated, oh, from, the, bloated from, the from the water. From the water yeah, he yeah, was waterlogged. Have we seen a fat zombie? I don't know that we have. Huh. Uh, I think the real huh. the real reason is they hire a bunch of college kids that – I mean, that's the, the, the 90% of the walker pool is college kids. Yeah, as extras. Sure. Yeah, so, and they just haven't had the life experience to put on the pounds <laughs> as required. Uh, yeah, so I wonder about the feeding habits of zombies, too, because some people, they will bite and turn. Some people, they will totally devour. I wonder if, like, more meat on your bones means they're more likely to just eat you whole. Oh, uh, Yeah. No, well marbled meat tastes better to his <laughs> Yeah, makes sense. They're connoisseurs. <laughs> I don't know. It would be. I mean, I don't know. I, I think there's like, yeah, like like a 350 pound zombie is probably the limit anyway. Before they would just be too bulky to move in death. Could be. So that's my thing. Um, she also mentions that we said that there wasn't a word for a parent who lost a child. There is the, but the word is not in wide use. The word is Viloma. Never heard it. Uh, there's an article about it from the New York Times. She lynch- mentioned uh, quotes from the article. Widow, which means empty in Sanskrit, is a word. Um, and that in the same language she suggests provides another for us to borrow. Uh, Viloma means against a natural order, as in a gray hair should not bury those with black hair, as in our children should not precede us in death. 
Cynthia says, I'm not sure the origin of widow is correct because my dictionary says the word widow has two origins. One is Sanskrit, meaning uh, destitute. The other is an English meaning to be empty. So she mentions she doesn't know why it hasn't caught on, but they do have a word for it. And, you know, it might not be because we might answer our own question. Losing your child is not a super common thing, whereas everyone is eventually that gets married, has a partner, is going to go through a widow, widower stage. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So, um, so anyway. I, I didn't even know that there was a word for it, honestly. We have another Cynthia. This one from Cornwall, Ontario. Um, she's got some schooling to do on PTSD. It seems like that's uh, an annual condition for us on The Walking Dead. Have someone uh, send us in some in, uh, information about the people's emotional well-being. She says, denial, complacency, and isolation are three very prominent symptoms of PTSD, a condition very prevalent in our reality. In The Walking Dead, it would be so severe that we could not comprehend the fallout. That being said, these characters are very, or these characteristics are very irritating to people with a semblance of normality in their life. And we really, really want our core group to be ultimately almost inhumanly emotionally strong. I do believe that after a reasonably short time of well-being and safety, unless you had some un, someone untouched by the trauma of the past year, which is unfathomable, it may be completely reasonable to expect severe symptoms from the prison group as a whole. whole. Uh, numerous times in the series, we've seen characters suffering from symptoms of trauma, Dramatic denial, hallucinations, aggression, suicidal tendencies, enhanced grief, false bravado. The list goes on and on. Take Morgan as an example. His trauma has isolated him to the point of psychosis. He's effective at killing walkers and has taken this on as his last and only role in life. A healthy person would know that this is only one aspect of survival. This will only serve effectively until he himself succumbs to whatever causes his demise and he has seemed to accept this as his fate. In Carol's pre-apocalyptic life, she is dealing with an ongoing emotional trauma via her violent husband, not only to herself, but the reality that her husband was looking toward her daughter for comfort, intimacy, a horror which belittled her own suffering. Now her mindset has protected children at the expense of their quality of life. All that and more taken into account, it's not surprising this group has been lax in their survival responsibilities if they've been led to believe they can be safe in an environment provided for them. Isolation and an impression of safety goes a long way to convince them that they can let go and relax. These new episodes are showing the result of this mindset. What do you think, Jim? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think obviously PTSD is a very real thing in the world that we live in and this even extreme, uh, more extreme version of the world that these characters inhabit would cause a more severe version of that. It's certainly more real than asthma, for example. <laughs> That made-up bullshit disease. I don't know disease. about that. <laughs> I think um, they're both pretty real. Um, but, but yeah, that is. makes a lot of sense. And the idea that, you know, they've had some security for a while now and they're starting to uh, get used to some of the, the niceties of society makes a lot of sense as well. By the way, I was that's a joke about the governor from last season. I forget that statistically speaking... <laughs> oh, that kid who had asthma. Half yeah. the people listening to this cast have not heard our other seasons or more. Yeah. So just just uh, forget that maybe not everyone will know that I'm not intentionally being an asshole. You'll know when I'm intentionally being an <laughs> asshole. Uh, Pimby says, The one thing I'm finding frustrating this season and this episode has been the worst culprit so far is not having enough faith in the audience. You guys have alluded to it in previous episodes, but I think this episode just took it too far. Hmm. The theme we clear uh, the, that claim is clearly that we have jobs. We don't get to be upset. We have to get by. We got it after Beth's first scene through the door, but then they ram it home with the second scene, which I actually preferred as we didn't get to see a lot of Beth and Maggie interacting as sisters, but we didn't need both scenes. 
Have some faith in the audience. I almost feel the same about Carol confessing to Rick. Uh, let's stop right there. What's your take? Uh, I don't know that I agree there. I think the idea of showing a strong Beth and then a very uh, weak, wavering Beth is a good idea for her character. Mm-hmm. Um, so just from that standpoint, I probably wouldn't agree. I also think that, you know, I, I, I alluded to in the main cast that this is actually a way, yes, it's repetitive, but it's telling us something new or hammering something new that uh, about Beth's character is one that she's almost lecturing Maggie mm-hmm. about, you know, because it, that it wasn't real to her. And she's kind of got this immature view of, of her emotional defenses. And then when it's real to her, now she's actually in Maggie's position. So I thought it was interesting from that scene. Um, he also says, I think the show did a really good job of making it clear that Carol killed them with her scene with Tyrese and kicking over the water while also leaving just enough doubt in the audience's mind. That said, I really do like that. We got to see Rick crack the case. You guys said it's good that the killing of Karen and David isn't being dragged out all season long. And I do agree. We don't want this to be another Sophia, but I do think it would have been interesting to have it drag out for a long time, but not be the focus of the plot. Their deaths go unresolved due to more imminent threats. And then once the audience has forgotten about it, the relationship have become more heavily reinforced, possibly even between Tyrese and Carol, and then have it come out in some way in 10 episodes time after it apparently been forgotten about would be very interesting. You know, I think we're going to get the boast, the Beth, the Beth of both worlds, Beth of both worlds here. We're going to get two diaries full of bullshit. (laughs) Uh, No, we're going to get the best of both worlds here because they didn't, they didn't let that one point of who killed them drag out forever, and yet that that thing is far from resolved, mm. right? I mean, it, let's assume the show, like he says, is, is very specific on who killed them. Carol killed them. Um, that is certainly not resolved with Tyrese yet, and Rick has to be a mediator there, and that whole thing could drag on much Indeed. longer. Indeed. Uh, yeah. She also says, and I agree fully, I can't help but feel a major character needs to die from the disease. I think that will be Sasha with Glenn surviving or maybe Herschel. Uh, I agree that if every one of the fucking named characters <laughs> survives this plague when they've made it yeah. over the top deadly, that I will be calling some bullshit. Are you with me on that? I am totally with you on that. I think maybe Herschel's not going to make it. The idea that he would go in there after this sanctimonious speech – well, it's not sanctimonious – about this motivating speech about I've, I'm going to risk my life for something I believe in, to have him actually die, uh, to give his life for something he believes in would be fairly poetic. Um, and what else – what other purpose does he serve at this point? Do you think that Sasha would be a strong enough offering to the plot gods to appease you? Possibly, because that just really shits all over Tyrese, and it would be interesting to see how that character reacts to it. And it also feeds back into the reaction we're anticipating when he learns the truth about his his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. It's going to intensify that. So I could see either of them going and me being happy. I mean, obviously— Happy for the story. Obviously, Glenn, uh, good enough. Obviously, Herschel, good enough. Um, Yeah. Dr. S? No, not good enough. Beth? Uh, it depends on how they play that one. If they really play up the ties with her family, maybe, um, but probably not. <laughs> uh, Judith. No, no, really? No, I, we don't know anything about Judith yet. She's Heart not a real person. Stone this, She's not man. a real person. She's a cute baby. She's got to grow up a little bit. We got to get her at least talking before she can go. 
She's got a good three years left, man. She's solid. <laughs> Moving on. Brian K. Dub from Long Island says, in the episode Isolation, did we hear some of the infected people say to each other, I think it's time we tell them? Did you hear that? Because I did not. I did not hear that. Um, doesn't mean it didn't I saw happen. Somebody men- yeah, I saw somebody mention that it did happen, but I'm not well, that's sure. It prob- then that probably means it did if we have, you know, if, if more than one person heard it, unless K-Dub's uh, patrolling the Reddit pushing his personal theories. Maybe. I I just didn't hear it. So. Okay. Well, anyway, moving on, he says, I'm thinking that the Woodbury folks have been given something. Maybe to help them, maybe as an experiment, but has made them all sick due to having the flu. Hmm. But the six-month incubation time is the problem I have with that. He says, I think the Woodbury people may all die from disease and Glenn will be fine because he may just have the flu and will be curable. To a much lesser point, I don't know anything about archery, but how does Daryl's bow keep going? He must have shot it thousands of times. Doesn't it break and need repair? I heard last season that he actually got a different crossbow. Yeah, they actually and noticeably change models. I I don't do not know that for a fact. I don't either. I do know that. I mean, he's meticulous about repairing the car, right? Yeah. I mean, you can, so you can repair. I don't know how much of serviceable in a crossbow, but obviously you could probably repair the string. Sure. And I hear that if you don't dry fire bows and and crossbows, that they last a fairly long time. Okay. Um, I don't know, but again, I'm I'm more of a gun guy than an archery guy. Um, yeah, I might ask my friend who bow hunts. Uh, what was his What was his point before that? Because I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Oh, let me go. Um, basically, he thinks that the Woodbury folks were given something or experimented <laughs> on or have something. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to come up with another coffee theory. We know Milton was giving out tea like <laughs> ah, candy, right? It was a super strain of elderberry. <laughs> yep, it was the anti elderberry. Annabelle says, "Am I the only one who doesn't really like the direction Carol's character is going?" Pretty much, yeah. I like it a lot. Two people, you are the only one. No, I, I, I don't know that's true. She says, "I'm sure many people's opinions will have changed after that starting revelation of hers." But even so, I wasn't that surprised at what she did. She was way too forceful with Lizzie last episode, and I smelled a rat. <laughs> no pun intended. Yep. When she asked Carol to keep her knife workshop a secret, I have a feeling that Carl was a red herring. Carl, Carol is the real psycho in disguise, and I'm certain all the events are going to have a bloody culmination where she is not necessarily the victim. The standoff between Rick and Tyrese was never fully resolved, and I think the latter is going to go and become more antagonistic towards Rick as the season progresses. After all, who would ever suspect innocent maternal Carol a vicious murder when Rick goes around yelling and throwing punches? Uh, does she have any points there, Jim, that you agree with? Yeah. I mean, I I don't dislike the only thing that I think I disagree with there is not liking the way that Carol's character is going. I think it's very interesting. Yes. Um, just just from a pure watchability standpoint uh, and, and story standpoint. I mean, you can you can debate whether or not this is a good thing for the character, but right. Um, I don't know. I I, I like everything else she says. Uh, J H has a couple short takes. Carl will be taller than Stumpy Rick soon. <laughs> <laughs> he's not stumpy. He's a he's a decent is he? height. How tall he is, is not, Lincoln? I want to find taller out than Tyrese. He's as tall he's, as Daryl. The same t- size as you. Nobody's saying Daryl's shrimpy, and Rick's just as tall as him. Daryl's scrappy. <laughs> Glenn waylaid by the sniffles. Get a hot water bottle, lemon uh, and honey, and cowboy up. Yeah, 
Are the rioters shipping Daryl and Michonne? Nah, everyone knows that Daryl's gay. He's even got the Billy Moloko emo cut. I don't know the I reference. I don't know the reference either. Billy Moloko. I want to Google image search it, but uh, that would be poor podcasting. Um, yeah, I don't know if they're shipping uh, Daryl and Michonne. I can't really tell. It seems like you said in the instant cast that it's kind of mutual professional respect, mm-hmm. but there could also be a relationship forming there. Maybe. Probably. I, I still I like the Daryl's being asexual. That would actually be an interesting plot if it turns out that's the, the the truth and he actually does eventually let his guard down. Yeah, you know, I don't know that I've seen many asexual characters in shows. Especially men, especially men yeah. in these badass roles. Like, I've seen more badass yeah. gay dudes. Lots yeah, more yeah. badass gay sure. dudes in fiction. And that's a pretty damn small subset <laughs> yeah. of badass dudes. But an asexual man? That would be a first as far as I can think. Yeah. yeah. So. Um... Graham H. says, the rictatorship is over. Time for the carolution. <laughs> you know, you say you want a carolution. <laughs> but do you really? Uh, you know. <laughs> uh, Mariana C. says, I'm a member of the SAG-AFTRA, the Screen Actors Guild. And last week, some of us were invited to meet and chat with Daryl himself, Norman Reedus. Sweet. He's incredibly entertaining. and want to share a few highlights with the podcast. He's a fan of strong, explicit language, but generally uses it with excellent comedic timing. Something we have in common. He's uh, never trained as an actor, and he thinks it's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Something we have in common. He never. He personally drives his Megabos back and forth from New York to Georgia every year in his car. Pretty badass. Megabos? Like elbows? I think he's talking about his crossbow. Like oh. Actually, that's his personal crossbow. Oh, that would be sweet. While the rest of the cast know. lives in Atlanta, he prefers being out in the boonies and drives his motorcycle everywhere. I hope it doesn't have a Nazi insignia on it. Cause that's, <laughs> God, no, it does That's doesn't. being in your character a little too much there, Norman. Yeah, method actor. Uh, the man himself implies that Daryl's not gay because when asked about his romantic relationship with Carol, he said there's a definite chance that it will happen, but he wants to earn it. I.e., instead of just throwing her up against a tree in the moonlight, he wants the sexual <laughs> chemistry to build bit by bit so the payoff is greater when it finally happens i think i'm gonna throw up in my mouth a little bit uh all right so the implication there is that he's not gay he's possibly still asexual maybe i don't know and if that and uh, again, maybe it's, she's chipping away at him and again actors say all kinds of shit that's true yeah uh he told a funny story about one of his many wacky odd fan experiences once two japanese girls asked him to blow air into a bottle and as soon as he did they capped it and ran away why, wait, why is that weird? <laughs> I just, they're going to sell you because they're selling Daryl no, Air. Yeah, that was that was a joke. Uh, Daryl's. Daryl Air. Daryl Air. He loves his wild mullet hair mop and apparently tells the hair people, just let it be, let it grow, let it go. Uh, he's out here in L.A. for the pilot season and read the pilot script for Walking Dead and loved the material. He says he originally read for the part of Merle, but when he didn't get cast for that, the producers wrote the part of Daryl just for him. Nice. He doesn't actually have a southern accent or any accent, actually. Uh, mm, I don't buy that. You have to have an accent. What if he's got perfect Midwestern diction, then, unregionally accented diction? I'm actually interested well, in hearing what he really sounds well, like. I, I've never to a British him. guy, he's going to have an accent. Why do you think this to is To an a Australian British guy, accent? he'll have an accent. Okay, I'm not talking to you anymore. Uh, I Everyone has a... Never mind. Peter Brokaw doesn't have an accent. I don't understand how you don't... Everyone has an accent to someone. Okay. Okay. 
All right. I think I see your point. I think it's ridiculous. It is totally but not. But I could also tell this is one of those things where I could argue for five hours. Yeah, and, and I would, yeah, and I would so not. So I am moving on. Good. Mike P says, I can see one positive aspect of Glenn dying, but it's a big one. Maggie is now single! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Maggie yeah. on the market. That would cause a prison riot. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know how many people are going to be left, but everyone would be all over Maggie, I'm sure. Yeah, you'd actually probably wear her out. <laughs> like, I mean, seriously. Like, women have it hard nowadays walking down the street like getting catcalled and proposition. Yeah. If you are looking like Maggie in the zombie apocalypse... And you're stuck you. in a prison with I. Yeah. At least Axel's not still around. Oh uh, yeah, because <laughs> that could have got weird. He'd be like a creepy man on speed. <laughs> uh, creeper on speed, man. Uh, Katie K says, "So I'm sitting in bed, fighting off a cold, and watching a little Walking Dead for oh. going to sleep, like you do." Elderberry tea. Lo and behold, Herschel's using elderberry juice to juice up the symptoms, just like me. Hopefully, oh. except hopefully my lungs won't explode into a bloody mess. Just in case you're wondering, elderberry syrup is actually very helpful for flu and colds. It shortens the duration of the cold or flu. It really does work well. You would think that among all those runs to get outdated computer programming books, they would have thought to pick up a book on medicinal plants and herbs. Good point. There's actually quite a lot they can grow and use to help them fight off sickness, but these are people that don't seem to understand personal hygiene where it comes to water supplies. So suppose eating a little garlic now and then is a little much for them. Keep up the good work. Um, I want to add to this to say, like, we saw what that Walmart or big spot or whatever it is, what condition. There's plenty of liquor on the store. There's plenty of stuff. Are they saying that they've cleared out the whole fucking county of aspirin and Tylenol? That's exactly what they're saying. this elderberry juice. They get a bottle of, you know how many bottles of 500 capsules of aspirin and Tylenol of average Walmart would have? A ton. A ton, man. They're cleaned out. Uh, totally wiped it. out. Don't buy it. Um, <laughs> you uh, Anyway, um, let's see. Uh, she says, so far the season has been too bad, although my husband and I were wondering how long the people in peril is going to work. Do you think at some point they have to resolve the zombie issue or just is a show about the slow death of humanity? Uh, we already briefly touched on this, but think about people in peril describes the plot of 99% of the movies I've seen in my lifetime. It never gets old. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the plot to gravity. <laughs> yeah. It's the only plot to gravity. It's and it's compelling to Captain Phillips. It's the plot yeah. to escape plan. Captain America Winter Soldier. <laughs> it's, this, it's, it's, yeah, it's the plot of escape yeah, plan. Without, yeah, without trouble, there is very little drama, right? And that's ultimately what this show is, drama. I, I honestly don't think they've scratched the surface on the dramatic storytelling uh, that a zombie apocalypse... And on, honestly, as much zombie material is out, and almost no one does. They've all been treading yeah. the same stuff that George Romero started way back when. Yeah. Um, you know, the social commentary is kind of very broad that suits a, a tale you can tell in 90 minutes. Uh, I don't think Walking Dead has exploited the long-form uh, factor as much as they should. So I'm excited that that they, yeah. they can. I mean, we're still getting we'll, we're just getting started with this series. I feel. I mean, the fact that they're just now discovering, oh my god, I can sleep next to a person, they become a zombie. Yeah, that's, that's four seasons in. That's an A plot, man, and we're four seasons in, just getting to it. So yeah. Um, Misha from Sweden says, pretty sure the reason Carol killed the infected had to do with the fact that she recently got two new daughters. She lost Sophia, but she wasn't a dummy. Uh, but she won't lose dummy and grumpy. 
her mater- crazy maternal instincts have driven her to do about anything to protect her young. Um, return of Fletch. We haven't heard from Fletch in a long while, since last year probably. He says, I agree with you that knowing Carol killed the two sickies early and having the group deal with that is a way more interesting than half a season of whodunit, half a season of whodunit. I suspect a Carol, la- Carol last episode, quite frankly, because if she's playing Leon to the Natalie Portman's of the prison, like the reference, she is clearly in a place mentally where nothing will jeopardize uh, or victimize her safety or that of her children again. I think the interesting questions are, did the sick- sickos turn first and did then Carol did them in? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, did she tell them what she was doing? Like, did she I don't know why she had a conversation. Did with she them. walk in and be like, "Sorry, you know, she did she did she go Todd on him?" Yeah, this is she nothing just, personal. Pretty much, that's uh, how I envision it. If they struggled, did no one hear it? They also want no. to put out point out the symbolism of the end uh, when Carol admits it to Rick. She's literally carrying the group's water and teaching children, killing parents before they turn, take taking in children as her own. Uh, Clearing water lines, all these things are her metaphorically carrying the group's water. Now she commits what was probably the hardest act since watching Rick kill zombie Sophia. She's both figuratively and literally carrying their water. Great point. You have anything to add? No, I like it. That is a non-spoiler cast, man. Okay, awesome. Um, let's do a little bit of outro and then get to the spoiler section. If you'd like to send us email, you can do so at watchingdead at baldmove.com. You can follow along with me. And on my Facebook adventures at facebook.com slash bald move. And Jim holds down the Twitter fort, the Twitter fart Twitter as well, fart. Uh, at bald move. Those are the ways you can contact us. Again, all of our material is at baldmove.com. Giving away free elderberry tweets on Twitter right now. So, <laughs> uh, And if you'd like, you can stay for a very kind of light com- comic booky spoiler section. We'll talk about uh, maybe next week's episode a little bit. And if you'd like, you can join us past our wall of music. If not, go fuck yourself. We'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah, if not, I'll see you. See you. Don't forget, Friday uh, at lunchtime, my survival guide comes out at baldmove.com. Yeah, and, and join us for the instant cast. I'm sure people know by now, but yes, this is the first time we've done them on Walking Dead, so I feel like I have to tell people. And you've only tried our podcast flavor. We do those live with a video cast, and they're archived on our YouTube channel. Yep. Uh, which you can get by, is there a, I don't think there's a friendly URL. You just go to YouTube and search for Bald Move. Two words, yeah. and that's I, your channel. I want to say it's youtube.com slash bald move, but I'm not certain I don't think of it that. is. Okay. Because I think I tried that, and it just All right. the shit. Anyway, yeah, you can search us on YouTube. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next week. Yep. back with the spoiler section we have a couple emails for people first let's talk uh, about next week uh yeah so the big plot lines seems like that the group our four-man team is like fuck it we're going to the veterinarian clinic is what it seems like okay and if you're saying that's in the middle of a horde holy shit what are they doing yeah it doesn't seem like that's a good idea uh or even possible For, forget good idea doesn't seem like that's possible at all. Yeah, this isn't something where you can throw a couple flares and sacrifice an Otis and, and be A-OK. So that makes me wonder if that is not, in fact, the school that we saw in the background. Hmm. Uh, the other major plot is Rick and Carol 
go off searching for some remedies on their own. I have a sinister. Uh, do you think it's possible that Rick is going to kill Carol <laughs> or arrange for her to die? Jeez. Just so he can wash his hands of this. Just so he doesn't have to deal with Tyrese? I don't know, man. She murdered people, man. He's a cop. Do you think she'll sac or do you think she'll sacrifice herself? I just don't I don't know that this show has got the Grom boss to deal with the heaviness that is this person and deal with the and, and I don't know that they can do it, man. Uh, it doesn't mean they won't try. <laughs> no, but why else have Rick That's, and Carol uh, as a dynamic duo running around in dangerous situations? Well, th- that's that's insane. I, if they leave the prison, which I've seen the preview, it looks like they will. They definitely do. Uh, what are they doing, man? There's nobody at the prison anymore. Right? Nobody who's sick is at... Every, they just leave everybody. They got kids. They the got young kids, kids quarantined. Herschel. The old people quarantined. The sick people quarantined. There's no one there watching them. You got Herschel, and he's got one foot in the grave and one foot on an artificial foot. So <laughs> he fucked. They need to have a stellar reason for them leaving. If that's the case, did you read the hunt? Did you read the? Did you get as far as the hunter story? No, on the I did. Okay, because mm-hmm. a lot of people are saying. Uh, for plot contrivance purposes, that Herschel can't die because he's kind of taken over the Dale role and he plays a pivotal plot in the, the Hunter plot. Okay, but that, we talked about that—the tainted meat. Um, yeah, and yeah, I personally think that that's too good of a plot line for them to just scuttle. So I think Herschel, um, I think Herschel is going to make it probably in because I here, here's my my what I think is going to happen. I think at the mid-season point here, we uh, the, the the group gets run off by that big ass horde. That seems like a good guess. Or they see that the horde's coming, and and Daryl says that they got this transmission, and they leave of their own free will to set off towards it. And that's going to be kind of the climax of this season. The next season is going to be them traveling to it, and they're going to have the hunter sequence as a two or three episode run there. That sounds good. Um, I can get behind that. I just don't. I don't see any reason for Rick and Carol to leave, and it's going to take a while for this group to get back with the meds. Like, we're looking at a couple of episodes, right, mm-hmm. for that arc. I don't know. I I could see them coming back at the, in the next episode. And just, God, what are they going to find? That prison could be just decimated. Not decimated? That implies only 10 people died. It'd be <laughs> ninomated. Yeah. I, I mean, God damn. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. That could be interesting too, right? They come back and there's just nothing left. Um, I don't know. There's so many characters there that they they can't lose all of them. Yeah, but on some the other of the hand, characters go on, out. On the other hand, they've got enough interesting new characters like Bob Angelo, Sasha, uh-huh. uh, Doctor S, and eh. Tyrese. But Tyrese and and Beth is becoming a more interesting character. That it feels like that they could. They, I, I, that's a problem. Is like I like everyone now. Yeah, yeah. They've weeded out all the crappy ones. Yeah, there's a lot of people that had to go, and now there's like no one that I just can't stand. It makes me wonder if like there was something about the characters that just didn't work in the first three seasons, like those characters they killed off, or if they could have made them work and they just didn't because they weren't writing very well. Well. In the case of Andrea, I think they just fucking. But I mean, she's the worst example of a character that could have and should have worked, and they just completely destroyed. 
Yeah. Shane should have never worked because he should have died in season one, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Lori, uh, you know, she was going to die the kind of this season anyway. They got as much emotional juice as they could with what they did to that character. But yeah, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm with that. Hmm. Um, all right, I don't know how that factors into next episode. All right, but. let's get into some despoiler uh, emails. Mike S. from Texas says, regarding your creepy kids, how about this? Instead of the comic twist, uh, which we talked about that last week, where one yeah. kid, child kills the other, what if the crazier of the two kids kills Carol instead of their twin? This would not only increase the shock value of killing uh, Carol being a main character instead of a Woodbury extra, but it would also allow AMC to avoid the problem of kid-on-kid violence. You still end up with a crazy little girl for Carl to shoot, and it has a connection with Carl's obsession with teaching knife work. Thoughts? Oh, man. But the the payoff there is so good, right? I mean, Carl comes back and kills her. Yep. And I I feel like, yeah, he's right. There is kind of a problem there with the kid-on-kid violence for television. I don't know that it's that big of a problem, though. But, but that's the thing. Like, if they had the balls to do it, it would be groundbreaking. Because all that shit happens off-camera awesome. in the fucking comic book, too. Okay. Um, yeah. And I, I thought that was just hard because these kids were like five to six. I want to say they're like five, six, seven years old. Yeah, they're young. And the kid that killed the one was like, I don't understand. He's going to come back. Like, there's something heartbreaking about the fact that the kids might not even necessarily crazy. Yeah, the he's, children just don't understand what's going on. And, yeah, he's probably a little crazy because I think he did some maybe animal mutilation too. But that stuff is understandable. Like, the kid needs a psychologist. Yeah. And not to be in a zombie apocalypse. It's a tragedy <laughs> in every sense of the word. Yeah. Um, I Killing Carol, that would be pretty strong stuff. I don't mm-hmm. think it's as yeah. strong for the reasons you mentioned, but... It also maybe be a little bit, but having a kid kill an adult is is pretty brutal too. No, I'm not arguing that it wouldn't that it wouldn't work out. I'm just saying the way that they set it up in the comics was really good. Yes, um, yes indeed. And so I don't really want them to change that, but that's not saying that they won't and that it won't work anyway. Uh, Edwin C says right from the start we have a similarity with the comics. Uh, with the Rick and Tyrese fight in the comic, Tyrese becomes a little irrational after the death of his daughter and has an argument with Rick and starts pointing out to the group, all the fucked up things that Rick has done, uh, with the group and fight ensues in the comic. It goes a little differently while Rick holds his own for a while. Tyrese eventually gets the better of him and fucks him up pretty good. Parenthetically, Tyrese was a football player for the Atlanta Falcons in the comic. The next one. Uh, so there again, uh, walking dead can't seem to resist, taking the comic and invert standing on its head yeah taking a set piece and standing on its head yeah um let me ask you this did you think so those this and i'm i'm, I'm not i i i could have gotten away of reading this in the main part of the cast because it's kind of retrospective but i don't know that they're not going to go back to this well or they're they might repackage this and do it a little bit later but a lot of people say that that Tyrese's freakout moment in the woods around that car was his being locked in his the gymnasium. Gym. Yeah. Um, do you think is as impactful as it was in the comics? Um, it's for different reasons, isn't it? In the comic, not really. They in the comic they they thought he was overrun and they ran and no, I mean his reason for being so freaked out at that point wasn't it? It was over the death of his daughter. Still. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I thought it worked pretty well. Um they didn't they didn't maybe linger on it as long as they should have. They just picked him up and ran. 
Um, the, that was uh, a cliffhanger I, too. Like you know, I think that was the end of a comic oh, book. Oh, gotcha. You thought Tyrese is dead, and then, and then, he's then Rick's back. like, "Did you guys? I mean, we can't just let leave him in there and have the zombies pick his bones. It's almost like a let's go get his body." Yeah, they, they mount up in force, and then he's in the middle of that gym, like exhausted, propped up against an enormous pile of bodies. Like, yeah, what took you guys so long? <laughs> um, huh? I I don't know. I feel like. Him going berserker mode is still badass, but there was, was a little something, something because it just happened so quick, and the cliffhanger was literally thirty seconds. Yeah, it didn't feel like there was enough. Not even a commercial break of a cliffhanger. Yeah. So that's yeah. anyway. Uh, next one I noticed is the massive herd they run into at the end. In the comic, this doesn't happen until Rick and crew leave the prison and run into the characters Eugene, Abraham, and Rosita. Rick and Abraham are having a conversation before they run into a herd, um, which Abraham explains is a group of walkers that come across other groups of walkers who think they're chasing something. They start to follow this. This keep happening until you have a herd of a few thousand zombies walking in the same direction. Um, yeah, I mean, similarities, difference there. Seems plausible as to how that formed. Right, and they kind of, I thought they did a real good job of showing how that happens in the end of season two, where something in random like a helicopter yeah yeah speaking of helicopter is this re- is this possibly going to finally relate back to the refuge the refuge well remember rick saw the helicopter in a fucking pilot then we saw oh, the helicopter yeah, yeah, yeah. again caused the herd and there's one that crashed that the uh the, the governor found and there's one on top of the the big whatever it is big lots oh, or something yeah, big I'm spot it's like is that helicopter that rick saw is it going to be part of this refugee camp oh maybe yeah i mean they're well within range of a helicopter certainly so yeah it could be uh the last one was the tyrese going hulk on the walkers we already talked about this um Mm -hmm. he says with them running through the herd i think this means that we're going to see uh uh where i've lost a place so there was another speculation about how that herd formed if that is indeed the college that could be all the people from the campus, ooh, which is right. kind of a cool idea. Uh, the gov- uh, anyway, he said, with them run- running this herd, I'm guessing we're going to see Abraham and crew sooner and later, which they've already confirmed the casting. I think we'll see them probably the penultimate or ultimate episode of this, this half season. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, also, somewhat spoilery, the government secret Eugene refers to that he knows is the reason for the zombie apocalypse. I don't think this is much of a spoiler. If any, as he confesses to the group immediately that this is why he has to get to Washington, keep up the great work, love listening to you, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so you don't know anything about that plot, right? You never made it as far as uh, Abraham and nope. Eugene. But I've talked about it enough. I Yeah, I could see that being, you know, if the penultimate episode is them getting overrun and have to flee the prison, and then we got a cleanup episode to give them purpose for the next half if they run across Abraham and Rosita, and maybe instead of transmissions to Washington, D.C., they're trying to pick up these transmissions to the sanctuary, and Eugene's got the only working radio. I don't know, but I, I think definitely I'd like to see them transition into a traveling and get into the Hunters next season, or next half season, and at you know, th- that point, hell, bring back the governor, whatever. I don't care. I, right. I'm just... I was really nervous about this season, man. Yeah, way and having a complete rookie come in and start running this thing, and I gotta say, yep. I feel like they're compared to my expectations, they're really crushing it. That's not to say it's perfect. I mean, sure. clearly I've been we're yeah. been seven and a half eights, but 
you know, we gave the finale a one, didn't we? <laughs> it was low. Or a two? It was real low. It was about as bad yeah. as you can get. Like, if it was, con- if, if we would get three or four finales in a row, you start talking about us more wisely spending our time podcasting. Uh-huh. But I got to say, they've turned this ship around so far. Yeah. No, I am thoroughly enjoying this season. And so it's far. not like they're burning through plots. They're still assembling things and making them cooler and cooler. So I kind yeah. of am more positive about this show than I've ever been since probably the season two finale. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Season two finale was good. Is just the, the BS before it. All right. Uh, I think that's yeah, the cast, I'm, I'm happy with it. Anything else you got to talk about? No, that sounds good. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening again. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. I'm Jim. <laughs> I'm Aaron. Bye.